Retro nonsense in the house, y'all. Autobots, transform and roll out. No, I am your father. No! No, Joe! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Hello and welcome to the Retro Nonsense Podcast. I'm Duke, and with me as always is my good friend Chris Roberts. So we're a little late getting the podcast out this month, so sorry about that. Uh, Our listeners are probably saying, uh, it's about time which is ironic because that is the name of our episode. It's about time. See how clever I am, Chris? Yeah, that, that was very clever. I was just about <laughs> to say that, so it's very clever. So this is episode 14, and uh, we're going to be talking all about time travel in our favorite movies and TV shows, and which ones do it best, which ones do it worst, which ones make the most sense, which ones make the least sense, paradoxes, time dilation, the whole thing. We're going to talk about all kind of fun stuff like that, so it should be pretty exciting. But before we get into the meat and potatoes, we have a couple quick things we want to talk about. Um, number one, we have a new uh, Beat the Bandy challenge, which is always exclusively on our Discord server and talked about on this podcast. And this month, uh, Matt has picked uh, Wrecking Crew, which is a NES black box release starring Mario and Luigi. And uh, Nintendo Hodge has actually joined in. He's already posted a score on the Discord, and uh, he's actually ahead. So <laughs> I've only played it once. Um, I haven't had a lot of time this month. Oh, but, here uh, comes the excuses. Ain't got yeah. a lot of time. <laughs> only played it once. So. Well, yeah, it's the 22nd. Uh, we're recording on the 22nd here, so we'll only have a couple a week or so before the month ends so i better i better get on it uh, and start trying yeah, to yeah uh, nintendo hodge you might hodgy. you might have this one hodgy yeah he might he very well might because I, I don't even know if i will have time and it will try. be a legitimate victory because i feel like duke is uh kind of uh you know doing that thing you do yeah. like oh i just didn't have the time uh, you're like <laughs> jerry thing I you're do. jerry seinfeld uh you re- you refuse not to run or whatever <laughs> oh yeah right <laughs> I, I, I choose not to you, run, I, right? Yeah, I choose not to run. I'm, I will give it my best effort. It is not my favorite game. Um, it's it's okay. It's like a puzzle-type game, not e- not my typical yeah, you, type of game. But It seems a little bit out of your wheelhouse. That's okay. Are you, are you starting to have some uh, some Tetris flashbacks? Are you? Is this going to be the second oh, loss? Oh, you had to bring that up, didn't you? Right. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. But anybody else that wants to join in and post their scores on the Discord, that's it's always fun to have these high score challenges. So yeah, I encourage always you guys fun. To do it's that. really cool. Yeah. So uh, secondly, I'd like to just briefly talk about I uh, finally beat um, Metroid Dread, which uh, I have to say I really, really enjoyed. Uh, I, that is the reason that I bought my Switch to begin with. Um, because I was anticipating this new Metroid game, and Metroid is like my favorite franchise, so I was super excited for a new 2D Metroid game, and in my opinion, it delivered. I really had a good time with it. Uh, fantastic graphics, um, great just ambiance, and, and the setting, and the tone, all the things about Metroid that I love were there. And great play controls, great story. 
What about you, Chris? I know you have it too. Are you enjoying it as much as I am? Oh, I, I, I really like it. And um, see, I'm not a nitpicker when it comes to stuff like this. I like it. I mean, you can, there's a couple of things, sure. But, um, you know, I, initially there was a little bit of hand holding at the beginning, but I think that's normal with modern games. Um, but it does let you get lost. And I like that. And it can mm -hmm. be frustrating if you uh, have backtracked too far, backtrack at the wrong moment, and you have to re-backtrack, you know. Uh, I had that happen to me a time or two, but I enjoy it, and I haven't cheated. I haven't looked up no walkthroughs or no YouTube videos. I, oh, no. I, don't I do just, I, I, yeah, I don't like to do that. I really want to beat it, you know, like do it yeah. legitimately. Uh, even with the bosses, like it's interesting how like some of the bosses are very frustrating at first. And then, yeah. uh, you know, you start to get better. You know, you. I mean, uh, there was some bot. Bo there was a couple of bosses. I, I'm not gonna lie. It took me like probably 15 to 20 attempts. You know, it was. Yeah, and then there was absolutely. some I beat them in like one or two. You know what I mean? But um, and I'm even talking some of the tough ones. Uh, I was. I picked up the pattern really quickly. Um, and the game does encourage you. It does kind of tell. It kind of I mean, gives you a little bit of hints. You know what I mean? It's like you know, watch the patterns, and that's if you watch the patterns. Um, I think all of them, I am dreading this uh, final boss. I haven't got to it yet. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm in the end stage of the game, like getting towards the end, um, mm -hmm. because most of the map looks like it's open, um, and I feel like right. I have most of the power ups. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I still have a little bit of time to go, but you can see the difficulty uh, rising in the boss battles, and uh, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite elements of the game. Is it has the old school. You have to just figure out the pattern yep and master it and then and then beat the boss and right. i've always loved that about those types of games and it's it's still there in this one and they are quite a challenge which i like um because it's satisfying when you overcome them and frankly this is easier in that regards because you have save points you yeah, know yeah like it's it'll save right before you go into like a new phase or if you go in and out those emmy doors or something uh -huh, or like right. the last time you saved or whatever um I, I, at some point, you know, you know, cause I'm going to, once I, the thing is, is I, I was going, I was playing it every day and then, um, work. And then I, I wasn't feeling well for a little while. So I haven't played it in about a week, but, um, my goal was once I beat it, you know, like take that in and then try to go back through it again without saving as much. Right. Right. I don't have as much of a problem with the saving in this one because it's such a massive, game it's different than the older ones where right you know you can almost make your own map on a piece of paper type of thing well this is just immense so uh, at yeah, least comparatively i i think so. though there might be some perks right like uh time perks and all that where you get better endings i know there's multiple endings or um something like that so i'm looking forward to looking at some of those yeah um i i did beat it just recently and i must say that final boss um was challenging but really fun really a great, That's good. great well end. i know if bandy so. beat it and eh, i think i can beat it <laughs> yeah. no, i just joking. matt's a good matt, matt's an excellent player uh yeah he is he actually is so another thing i'd like to mention is the the cartridge club uh we're both have uh, been a part of that for many many years um they just celebrated their 100th episode and i just wanted to congratulate them um dean our buddy dean from round two gaming um put together this really nice video of um all the club members kind of talking about their experience over the years and he had you know video clips rolling in the background of some of our get-togethers and everything and it was just really kind of nice to see everybody chime in and talk about 
their experience with the club over the years and, and you know, Sean and Mark were on there at the end and everything. And I don't know, I just really got all my kind of emotions flowing and I really enjoyed the video and I just wanted to congratulate them. And, you know, we, we met through the Cartridge Club. Yep. I've met, um, I'm pretty sure Matt, well, I, I always, to me, I, I, I use, uh, NES complex as my Kevin Bacon, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I could kind of connect, uh, yep, everybody yep. to him sort of, right. but also there's a second Kevin Bacon, which would be the cartridge club. Cause there were people that came directly from it. Like, uh, you know, Bill and, and, uh, Joe and, and the Q dogs and, um, course retro you know, fandango the, the OG, boys retro fandango the the og card cartridge club boys and i mean everybody uh everybody in that group but yet truthfully though if i go all the way back i met sean because of nes complex because and frankly gotcha. he even mentioned that he started the podcast and or his youtube channel because of uh he liked the NES complex. So cool. I still can draw it back to him, but yes, um, there was a lot of connections to the cartridge club and, uh, it's awesome to see that, you know, even though, um, you know, it's been passed off a little bit, but everybody's keeping it going and, uh, still seems like, uh, it's, it's got some legs. Absolutely. And, and kudos to those that kind of took over and are keeping everything running, especially yep. Dean. I mean, he's, he's been in the background since day one, kind of, you know, not running the show, so to speak, but he's the heart and soul of the club, and he's still there with the same passion <laughs> as always. And I just, he's such a likable guy and such a great person. And kudos to him for being the heart and soul of the club. And uh, it's changed over the years. Um, my involvement has, you know, waned a, a little bit just because they play a lot of modern games. And um, right. I initially got into it for the cartridge, you know, aspect of it. But um, yep. I do I do jump in there every once in a while and, and play one of the games um, if it's an older game that I have. But um, it's still great to well, see. Well, it's what, like it's like everything though. You have to evolve a little bit. Um, you know, yeah. they're reaching out to younger uh, younger sure. members, and uh, not all of them are into old dusty carts, and some of them are just right, into right. this or digital downloads. So there's nothing yeah, wrong and, with that. And to their credit, it's it's grown and, and it's flourished because of that. So. Yep. Um, very good and congratulations. And I'm so glad that I've been a part of it over the years. I have so many friendships to thank for it. And, uh, it's just been a great experience for me, uh, overall. So good job guys. And then one more thing I wanted to mention, um, real quick is I, I actually did something really cool this past weekend. I did my first race, uh, run, running race, trail race, whatever you want to call it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my wife is an avid trail runner, and I don't know, about eight months ago, I decided to try it myself, and I've kind of been training for uh, her race, which she puts on. She manages and directs a race uh, locally here in my hometown, um, and uh, it's, you know, trail racing, you're running through the woods and, uh, you know, through puddles and, you know, jumping over streams. It's really kind of fun, um, and I did my first one, and it was a 25K, which is about 15 and a half miles. And I never thought I could have done it, but with much encouragement and convincing from my wife and help and training and everything else, I pulled it off with like 40 minutes to spare. So I was very happy with, um, you know, how well I did, even though I could barely walk the last couple of days <laughs> afterwards. But really why I'm bringing it up is because uh, Travis, our friend from Polykill, and also other podcasts, uh, Tales he of, has of like Lesser 15 Media of them. and um, yeah. uh, Snest Drunk. But well, it's uh, isn't it Nest Friend or 
Nest Friend is his uh, YouTube oh, channel. Oh, that's his but, YouTube channel. You're right. You're yeah, right, he you're teamed right. up with Nest Drunk, and they call mm-hmm. they call their podcast. Uh, what did Drunk I just Friend. Say? Drunk Friend. Yes, it's like a combination right. of the two. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, I've known Travis for many years. I met him several times at uh, Magfest and and your and wife C3 was on events. their podcast. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's how he got involved in running himself. Is he was well, he I think he's done some running on and off um, already, but. He had caught wind of, because one of my Twitter posts that my wife had run 75 miles because she's like an elite, you know, trail runner. And he was just like blown away by that. So he had her on as a guest and kind of interviewed her. And then she was like, well, we do a race. Why don't you come and do our race? And he, he said, okay. So he came down to Maryland. He lives in Virginia. It was a pretty long drive, but, um, you know, we got to, to run together. And he came over to my house afterwards and hung out for a little while. And we had some coffee and he hung out in my retro room. And it was a really cool experience. So I just wanted to mention that because it was really fun. He was the first person that's ever been in my room um, from any yeah, of Yeah, I'm kind of bitter so. about that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that kind of uh, – I, I wasn't feeling that. I always thought you would I be the first, I like the picture Chris. anyways, but I, I – you know, nah, I'm not, that doesn't sit well with me. Well, congratulations uh, to Travis for completing the race as well. And, uh, That's it was awesome, really, man! Really cool hanging Congrats out. Congrats to for... both of you, dude. That is, I, I wouldn't have. I know that <laughs> I would have probably went about four or five centimeters, and I would have stopped. I <laughs> got some water. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I would have got too far. So uh, wow. I, that's all. I don't know if I would. How many miles was it again? Fifteen you and said, a half. Fifth, yeah, I don't know. If, well. I have walked 15 and a half on a Saturday before uh, hunting. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could have had the motivation unless you told me there was some some Nintendo games or some VHS <laughs> tapes at the end of that trail. I don't think I could have done it. Well, my motivation was my wife at the finish line with a big old hug and a kiss. So <laughs> that's what got me well, through Well, yeah, through that, it. I, that's great, man. You that's amazing. I couldn't have done it without her. I never I never would have thought I cuz I remember the first time I you know, eight months ago, my first run was a mile and I could barely get through it. I was so looking forward to the end of that mile. And I never, I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to run five miles one day. And next thing you know, I'm running three, I'm running five. And then, you know, it's, it's a, I was really kind of amazed at how quickly I was able to kind of build up my stamina and, and be able to run. Um, I, I still have a long way to go. Cause I, again, I was extremely in a lot of pain, uh, during the second half of that run and uh, for two days yeah, afterwards I, I mean this with all due respect you're picking it up a little later in the game oh so, yes i know you know you know you may never not have a little bit of pain duke i know i'm aware of that but there's always there's always ways you can kind of tweak and adjust things to try to dampen it some but yes i do realize that there's sure. always going to be pain involved in anything i do i <laughs> i think there's going to be a little bit no matter what but i mean you'll you'll start making more muscles get a little leaner well not that you need to be any leaner you already look lean but you know tighten up whatever oh yeah strength training all that good stuff but that's all yeah, i'll say about that stuff dude it was really fun really exciting uh it was a really good weekend and again having uh, travis over here was just made it all just super cool so and then you wanted to uh, talk about something real quick didn't you well yeah uh, last month i was fortunate enough to f- come across um holy grail kind of things in the vhs world um everybody has their own thing that they consider a holy grail uh, sometimes it's monetary sometimes it's more personal uh, these are definitely personal and with a little bit of monetary aspect to them, but um, 
I went to an estate sale. I found uh, these home recordings of uh, television uh, broadcasts. And, I, you know, when you pick up stuff like this, you really don't know what you're getting. It, it could just be uh, dubbed off of uh, someone could have just got the tapes from store and recorded them. So it they're meaningless that way. Um, every now and then there's something special about that. There might be a preview or some sort of uh, uh, tape distributor logo uh, played right before the movie. But again, those that wouldn't have been satisfying. Um, what you really hope for is um, the broadcast with commercials. And right. these all are... they, they um, So I found an Empire Strike. It was a tape that had Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And there was another tape that had... Um, um, I forget the other movie that comes before, but the Ewok adventure. And then there was one that had uh, Die Hard 3. There was one that had uh, Ghostbusters 2. There was one that had Superman 3, uh, Mary Poppins, a couple things like that. And um, there was all the one that really, really let me know that I was onto something is uh, there was these three, uh, two tapes that had uh, the Fresno miniseries. Uh, you're not familiar uh, in the early 80s. Carol Burnett and some other people, some of the people from her show, some other actors, uh, even like Michael Richards, other, different people were in it. And um, it was a mini series that kind of revolved around the city that I'm from, uh, Fresno, California. So it's something that's kind of rare. Uh, I mean, there is a copy up on YouTube, but this wasn't something that was ever released in the home market. So you couldn't buy it on VHS and it never made it to dvd or blu-ray and it certainly didn't make it to digital uh, i don't just don't think there's that, that much interest so if nothing else i was like well that's kind of cool because i'll be able to rewatch that show again uh when i put it on i immediately knew i was onto something because it had the commercials so that right there i mean i already knew it was the original broadcast to begin with uh, but the fact that it was the original broadcast with the commercials i immediately hit eject and i put in the empire strikes back tape i, I had to rewound to the beginning I pressed play and it started with this uh, imperial interruption. And I was like, oh, wow, this feels so like I had this big deja vu um, as the guy's like, yeah, the Sunday night movie, blah, 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 blah. And it's like interruption from the imperial broadcast. And then Darth Vader, you know, uh, the actual Jones, Darth Vader. Yeah. yeah, James Earl Jones. He starts, uh, you know, hey, you know, rebel scum. We're going to, you know, whatever. Yeah, he has some little <laughs> spiel, right? television premiere on NBC. We intercept your Earth broadcast in the name of the Galactic Empire. Welcome. Through this intergalactic broadcast, your planet and thousands like it are witnessing the glorious victory of the Galactic Empire. Tonight, we will finally crush Luke Skywalker and his Rebel Alliance. This time, there will be no escape from the dark side of the Force when the Empire strikes back. And, and it was like, whoa, dude. And I knew right then that was the original broadcast because they didn't do that again. You know, you weren't going to get that on TBS. You weren't going to get... And then once, you know, the commercials kicked in, it was like, well, you know, you're seeing, like, commercials you haven't, I haven't seen in, whew, uh, you know, like, almost 
I don't even want to say it, 30 something <laughs> years. I mean, it's been a long time, man. It's been a long time. And uh, what really puts it over the top for me, is, and all of them are original broadcast, all of them, everything that I've looked through so far, all the movies I stated and some of the other stuff, like the Mary Poppins, obviously it's not the original. Or I don't even know when the original broadcast, but all I know is when I was a kid, they played it on ABC, the Disney movie of the week. And this is it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I watched this as a kid, too, because it has the 80s commercials. So this was the same broadcast. So what really kicks over the top is this is not only is this the same broadcast as far as the same day and year. It's the same channel because it mm. was a low. This is the cha- TV from channel I'm from. And it right. shows all the news breaks. Oh, that dude, is. I found so much cool stuff. Uh, I've been that uploading is the jackpot, man. Like like I was saying before, you're you're literally you put it you put that in your VCR on a CRT, and it's like you're back. In, yep. you're going back in time. Ironically, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, ironic with this episode. That's why I really felt like we should talk to it because it really yeah. is time traveling for me. When I was a kid, I watched this with my parents or the Mary Poppins. I'm pretty sure I watched that with my grandparents. I can always tell by the dates where I was, but um. Yeah, I watched this with them, you know what I mean? And I watched every commercial because, you know, I didn't want to miss anything. And, you know, when you're young, your bladder lasts a lot longer. Um, <laughs> so I sat through the whole thing, you know what I mean? And I watched all of them, and it's it's really cool, man. Everything about it is is everything that I – it is everything that my hobbies revolve around, you yep, know what I mean? Yep. Playing on original hardware, the original uh-huh. games. Yes, you can emulate them. I don't want to do that. I want to have the cartridges. I want to have the original manuals, the ones that the boxes that I want. I want the original. I don't want reproductions just like this. Sure, it would be easy to go down and buy or go to Disney Plus and watch Empire Strikes Back. But, you know, also keep in mind, these are the non-special editions as well. These right. are very early broadcasts. And they've all been tweaked to some degree. Even the Ewok has been the Ewok adventure has been tweaked because it was just called the Ewok adventure. Later on, it got slapped with that caravan of courage thing. It wasn't called that initially. It was just called the Ewok adventure. So right. everything about it is cool. You know what I mean? Cause there ended that up being is... two Ewok movies. So to distinguish the two, they named one, they, you know, he did the new hope thing to it, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Right. Cause it's Lucas. He has to. So now, of course, Right. Um, it's been fun. I've been recording it. You know, my, my main goal is to eventually get them digitized. Uh, I'm working on that. You know, me and Bill, we got uh, the Midnight is Flashing channel. I want to digitize it, upload. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to upload Empire Strikes Back and all that. Uh, but I will be able to upload the commercials. So there's a lot of forgotten stuff there. And that's really cool. Even promos, like I was telling you before we recorded. I was just going through a tape right now. I saw a promo for... Um, V, the final battle, the birth, you know? Yep. You know what I mean? It's like last year, a forbidden romance happened, and now witness <laughs> the birth. And I was like, dude, whoa, I remembered that. And then and then another little bit later on in the tape, it was like, tune in next week for the series premiere of Airwolf. And I watched that uh-huh. that night, too. You know, matter of fact, I watched this weird movie for some reason. It must have been, because you know, my parents were... Uh, my dad was a was a CBS ABC guy, you know. What I mean, like these were the channels they were usually on, you know. And uh, so we watched a lot of that, and it's just really cool, man. I've been uh, so what I have been doing is in the meantime, I've been kind of a low, you know, like a little uh, low def style. I've been recording them uh, this little um, 
Toshiba um, CRT that has a built-in VCR. I set up my camera, my phone, and I record it, and because it's perfect this way for TikTok, as far as like the, you know, you don't do it in landscape, you do it in the horizontal, because um, that's what fits on the screen, right. and um, and I've been getting a good response, man. Like I mean, just in the last week, I've gained five thousand followers. Understatement. Yeah, it's it's been pretty good. Like you know, I mean, listen, everybody has, uh, uh, you know, like um, st- I don't know. Uh, if the perspective, right? Like one guy, if he woke up with my followers, would want to jump out the window. But I went from having a hundred to like fifty five hundred in uh, like a week. You know, right. I mean less than a week, really. But you know, and so um, that's pretty cool, man. It's, and and everybody on there is just so happy. It's a really nice little community I'm building on that page. Um, it's called the Planet of the Tapes, all one word, and um, and it's a just a really nice community. A little shout out to Rip. He photoshopped a, a logo for me it looks like uh the planet of the apes, apes logo from the from the movie except he just uh copied and pasted the t and it looks really cool <laughs> i'm really happy with the way it turned out so uh that's so cool anyway that's what i've been doing that's what i was doing all day leading up to this podcast i'm i was filming and editing commercials get i have like 40 in the draft on, you know, like ready to go. Um, so cool on TikTok. So, and like I said, eventually the main goal is to have a really clean copies up on our YouTube channel. But in the meantime, you know, I'm building a, you know, I'm building something else. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and you're using TikTok, which can be just like anything else used for just junk and stupid nonsense. And you're using it to yep. you know, share things and build a community and put some really good content out there. And that's really cool. Honestly, man, I've I've had very 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 little negativity on it. I mean, yeah, that's what you want. I, amazingly so. Now, I mean, maybe when I get to, you know, several hundred thousand. Like, I mean, the highest views I got on a video so far has been like eighty five thousand. Which that to me mm. that seems wow. like a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know a lot of YouTubers would love to have an eighty five thousand view uh, video. Uh, I'll say. Um, yeah. You know, and I have like four or five of them that are in that range right now. Um, you know, of course, you start off small and you're, you know, getting a couple thousand and that's encouraging. But, you know, if you hit the algorithm at the right moment and you can kind of learn this algorithm, it's very aggressive and it's um, it's very rewarding. You know what I mean? Like it, it pays you back for for being active yeah, and yeah. for posting at the right time. Um, there's little tricks that I picked up along the way. So hopefully... Uh, Hopefully it keeps it up. I found this really cool Coke commercial last night and uploaded it. And uh, it, like I said, that's the one that got the 85,000. I mean, it's still gaining views right now as we speak. Um, definitely slowed down. But uh, that was a weird thing, too. I had another video that was already a week old that had like 3,000 views. And then now it's almost got 30,000. So it, it, it doesn't even ignore old videos. It is a real fun, you know, format to play on. Um, yeah, you know, everybody's got, you know, their pros and cons about things. To me, it's only been uh, pros. So I haven't had no cons. I don't I don't get into the politics on TikTok. That's not my game. I'm in there for the funny and for the in- interesting. And that's what I that's that's kind of the the and it learns your viewing habits really quickly. It doesn't mm-hmm. I would say it's funny cuz it defaults to the for you category, not the and I YouTube does it as well, but not your subscription category so when you open it it automatically goes to the for you so you're seeing something you're not subscribed to and every Mm -hmm. time i think why did it and i'm like oh well they were right i kind of like this video so (laughs) they're not off i mean sometimes they're off but uh it's pretty it's a very smart algorithm 
But anyways, enough about TikTok, man. That's not what we're here for. Well, that's really cool. You know, I will say that I've I've really gotten into that to VHS hobby, and exactly for what you're describing here with finding those tapes and, and you're popping in a tape that has local commercials on it, especially like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, that you know almost probably more so than you know playing an NES game with the original controller on a CRT. I mean, you're like experiencing a little snippet of time. Especially yep. when it has like the commercial, because you don't know what's coming up next, and you're gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, I remember that commercial!" And it, mm-hmm. it's just a really fun experience to, to do it, that. It, I, it's amazing yeah. what the brain retains, Duke. I'm sitting there seeing a commercial I have not heard in so many years, and I'm like, "Wow, I cannot believe I remember all those commercials." Yep. So it's so cool. it's amazing uh, how the brain works, but. Um, those memories are still there, man. You just got to unlock them. And that's what I've been doing. And, you know, I've had so many positive comments, like, thank you for this. And this is very therapeutic. And, oh, you know, sure. So there's cool. a few, so there's a few, uh, Gen Zers who are like, Oh, the, the, I hate the way that TV sounds, you know, stuff like that. But I don't care. You know, it's all engagement. As long as you're not disrespectful to the other people or, uh, you know, you know, just vulgar or something like that. I mean, I, I don't care. It's fine. You know, you have your opinions, but it doesn't bother me. It's, it's so whatever. I'm I'm enjoying the positivity because it, the the negativity is very small. It's very minimal so far. So hopefully that's, it stays that way. That's good to hear and, and good for you. This is super exciting and really fun. And I can hear the passion in your voice. And that's just uh, I'm happy for you. That's really cool. Right on. All right. Thanks. So let's jump right into our our time travel episode here. So I guess to start, we said we were going to kind of talk about our favorite time travel movies or TV shows or whatever. And just for the sake of not drawing this out too too long, we'll just do five each. Um, sure. And I thought we would just kind of um, each go over our five and kind of just give a brief little of reason why they're in that order and what you like about them, and we can kind of go back and forth from there. So do you want to go first? or? Well, I just talked for the last <laughs> – I don't okay, know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how this is going to play on the pot. You go ahead. I'll go ahead first then. Um, I, will, I will, I guess, uh, list my – Five favorite time travel franchises. I, I guess I'll start at the bottom and work my way up to okay. my favorite. So um, for number five, I put in Harry Potter and uh, the Prisoner of Azkaban. That um, has a heavy time travel element in that story. Um, that is my favorite Harry Potter movie. That's the third one. Um, I really, really, I saw that in the theater, I think before I read that book. Yeah, I saw that before I read the book. And I just love that movie. I think it's the best story, at least in as far as how the movie, you know, portrays it. I uh, just really, really like that movie a lot. And the way they do the tri- time travel in that movie, I just thought was a really great scene. Um, when Harry does his Patronus and he sees himself, he thinks it's his father. It's just a great scene. It's it's not the whole movie, but I really like that movie a lot. And, and the, the time travel aspect of that film uh, plays into the story pretty heavily. So I put that as my... Uh, fifth favorite time travel movie um <clears throat> number four i have 12 monkeys which thanks I to you i recently just rewatched because you you sent that to me on vhs and yeah. it really held up for me really really enjoyed it um bruce willis can't go wrong with him i really like terry i don't know if it's gilliam or Gilliam. he's the director i like his style yeah. um it's uh kind of post-apocalyptic well, it isn't kind of. It actually is post-apocalyptic. Well, yeah, it is for sure. Yeah, it definitely has <laughs> like a his... Mad Max and that yeah, exactly. Terminator vibe and all that. Yeah, exactly. Um, he also directed uh, a Mon- one of the Monty Python movies, I think, and, and Time Bandits. 
Um, so that's like another time was, movie, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. right. So um, I really, really liked it. I just rewatched, it, like I said, and it, it really held up for me. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of um, uh, Brad Pitt, but I really liked his uh, acting. I, I, to me, that was my peak interest in Brad Pitt. Uh, Twelve Monkeys and Fight Club really kind of opened my eyes to Brad Pitt and Seven. Those are my three. Like, if I we were doing a top, I'll throw in a bonus. My top three uh, Brad Pitt movies. There you go. <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed it. I, I liked him in the movie. I felt like, yeah, it was a little weird, but he was supposed to be. It kind of yeah, fit the character, yeah. and um, it was a smart move by the director or the whoever casted him because I mean he was definitely a hot name in Hollywood. And yeah. I think he was starting to really get his legs as an actor at the time. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I felt like, you know, obviously it was Bruce Willis's movie, but um, Brad yeah. Pitt definitely had a big, uh, big part of the movie. And um, he was interesting and I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. And they had, they were uh, good together on screen, uh, Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. Yeah. Um, they kind of worked, they yep. played, played off each other really well, I think. It was a. Well, especially the, the hospital scenes, I think, yeah. are yeah. Re- really good because. Yeah. Uh, you just it felt believable i mean for yeah. what it's worth you know what i mean like it felt <laughs> right. like they were right. drugged and there yep. was this chaos yep. going on and it, it really did feel like uh like it felt authentic yeah it's a fun movie it's it's not there's no boring parts it it, it i think the pacing is good yep um i really enjoyed watching it again so i and, and i saw I, that I, I, I love the ending. I don't want to spoil it, but I love the ending. Or if you were, I guess it's not spoiling, but I do love the ending. And it it definitely has a little bit of vibes about what's going on in the world now. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. It, it's interesting. Um, it's really interesting the way it, way it is. And um, I, I, I just like how it all ties together at the end. And, uh, you know, at the time, I was enjoying movies that had endings like that because it wasn't always roses. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of movies, they would cheap it out because they were really trying to play towards audience reactions. There's even movies, another movie we might discuss, and I will. It's not in my top five, but I'll briefly talk about this other movie that had a, a ending that was more akin to this movie, like mm-hmm. not perfect at the end, but they changed it because of the screenings. And yeah, then you didn't get the real well. ending to the DVD. Yeah. So. Right. Um, and then my number uh, three, I picked Doctor Who. So Doctor Who, I watched that casually as a little kid. Um, I just remember it being some British show with a guy with a scarf on that went through time, and uh, you know, that's all. I, that's all I really remember from the, the older Doctor Who. And my wife really got into the newer series, and she started watching it, and I think I caught an episode, I was like, that was really good. And so we went back to the beginning, and we watched the entire series all the way through. Um, I forgot his name, but the the older doctor. I haven't seen any of the ones with the the female doctor. The Cumberbatch guy? No, 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 he does the... um, the, Is he in that? No, no, you're thinking of um, uh, Sherlock Holmes. Well, he, he... Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, my bad. I, I forget who's the... Matt Smith. Okay, yeah, I, I've never... Uh, all, you know, full disclosure, I've never seen Doctor Who because it always felt kind of intimidating because of this long history. It, it is. And I've, it since, is. I, I've since learned that you can just kind of pick up because they change Doctor Who's, right? I mean, they're yes, not always... Yes. It, it's like James Bond, the next yes, person. regenerate. But it's not even like James Bond. They, they actually pass the mantle to the actor right like it's not like recasting it's right yeah he actually like transforms into a different person 
to a different per right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, it is. It wasn't, and that's probably why I didn't want to watch it right away. It seemed intimidating, like you said. And um, I finally caught an episode, and uh, I wanted to go back and I watched it from the beginning. And I again, we watched like I don't know how many seasons it was, six or seven, something like that. And I just absolutely loved it. Um, such good writing, such good character building, um, great acting, just really, really good stuff. And you know how they do, how they deal with the time travel in this is so fun and so well done. Um, we're going to talk about this a little bit more later with different ways to to the handle mechanics. time travel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in you know in fiction, and I think Doctor Who does it in a really fun and interesting and kind of unique way. You know, there's these, this time lord, and he kind of is manages or is in charge. I'm not I'm not going to explain it. The geeks are going to. If they're listening to this, they're gonna like, oh no, he's actually they, one of these because yeah, there's a lot of get it all wrong, dude. Yeah, you I'm just gonna give you the layman's or my version of what how I yeah, understand it. Yeah, because they're pretty They're pretty hardcore. Yeah, and he kind of is in charge of time to some degree, or they, they created time travel to begin with, so they kind of like lord. I mean, he's a time lord, so I guess they lord over it to a certain degree. But there's certain rules they try to adhere to, like there's certain fixed points of history they don't mess with and others that they are okay to mess with. So it's a really fun kind of, uh, I guess, comic booky, for lack of a better term, way to handle time travel, but it, it works really well. And it's a very, very fun series. I love the TARDIS concept, and um, it's got really great, like, aliens and the, the, the what are they called, the Daleks, and the um, there's all these, like, reoccurring uh, races and creatures and there's, there's so much lore you can dig into if you get into it. There's comics, there's books, even just the series itself. There's so many nuances to it that you can really, really get into it. But it's a really, really good show, really fun. And it's way up there, as you can see, on my favorite time yeah. travel franchise. I, would not, I wouldn't have guessed that, so that's, that's cool. I wouldn't have it guessed it either. It didn't make my list, so <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's awesome. Years ago, I never would have thought I'd be a Doctor Who fan, um, but it's, it's a really, really good show. And then number two, Back to the Future series. Um, I mean, everybody knows. Yeah, it's great... yeah. Let's let's make that known. When we we're we're not gonna go one, two, three. We're gonna kind of make yeah. them series. Yes. I mean, it kind of makes more, especially with Back to the Future. Even though the first one could have been standalone, they became one big movie. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's not too much to say that already hasn't been said about uh, this franchise, but it's. It's fun, it's well thought out, it's just great characters, great acting. I mean, the list just goes on. It's one of the best 80s movies of all time, if you ask me, at least the first one. Um, you're gonna, it's going to be hard to find somebody, at least from our generation, that doesn't love this, this movie and this franchise. So it's just a really fun take on time travel. It's kind of grounded, but um, how they deal with, deal with time travel is, is a little different than some of the other films. And again, we're going to get into those details a little bit later. So it does have some flaws in that regard, um, in my opinion. But overall, it, it, I wouldn't change a thing about it. It's, it's funny. It's fun. It, it, it's just, I don't know what else to say. It's just great. So that will be my number two, only beaten by a slim margin by the Terminator series. And really, the reason why the Terminator series just edged it is because I'm just a sucker for the robot laser thing. So <laughs> yeah. I just gravitate. <laughs> Back to the Future, I was never like a fanboy of that, even though I recognize it as a great series, a great movie. 
as a child especially, I would r much rather watch something with monsters and robots and lasers. So I just kind of gravitate towards that more sci-fi type of thing. Yeah. And, I mean, the Terminator, especially the first two, are just, right. I mean, both those movies are absolutely fantastic. They're fun. They're, um, like like we've talked about before, the first one is like a slasher film almost. It's it's a right. you know, it's kind of For a sure. horror film. Absolutely, the it's a one, horror film. Yeah. Uh, much like the Alien franchise, they, yep. they kind of shift into like an action uh, movie with the second one. Um, and both of yeah, them Yeah, they are, really, and both of them really wanted to get that bigger blockbuster thing. Yeah. They didn't want to yeah. be that genre film. They wanted to be more broad and it paid yeah. off in both of, I think both sequels, um, you can make an argument they're both better than the original, and you can make an argument they're not, but they're both really good. So yeah, I mean, and just think think about that from the early '80s with the first one, the concept of sending a robot back in time to kill the leader of the resistance to the robots that become self-aware. I mean, it's just the coolest stuff in the world, you know. It's just like, and the opening scene with like they show the robots walking around the spaceships and the big like war. I mean, it's just the coolest stuff in the world. So I, I just love the Terminator franchise. Uh, well, not the whole franchise, but the first two well, films. Well, right. The first and, two, for um, sure. I must say, I really like the Sarah Connor Chronicles I did, TV too. Show. And that it, was it really, sucked. Really good. I think, I think one, when that moment that it became canceled, that, that was, they just finally got I a know. really good rhythm going. That's what sucked. I felt like, man, they really got something going now. I and, was so uh, disappointed were, when it got canceled. And I was really digging the... Yeah. Uh, the redhead, red, red-haired girl from Garbage was one of the um, Terminators, right? You know what I'm talking well, about. Well, there's the Marilyn uh, Manson. That's her yeah. Name, right? Was it okay? There was. I. It's been so long since I've watched it, but there was um, a guy from a show that I watched uh, from. It's a show on HBO called Deadwood, and he was a villain on there, and he, and uh, he's also in the Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, he was one of the Terminators, and mm -hmm. that, that was really cool. Um, then there was the female Terminator that was the good Terminator, right? Yeah. Because it wasn't Summer Glau. based. It was, yeah, and that was I thought she did really well, and and there was that weird um, sexual tension because she was about the same age as John, so it had to be confusing, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. felt like they could have explored a lot of stuff with that uh, going forward, and uh, the lady who played Sarah Connor ended up being. Um, uh, Cersei Lannister and the Game of Thrones series. So she she made the better. I mean, she made a good career decision. Yeah, um, she made she made a lot of money with that Game of Thrones. But um, she was also the female lead in Three Hundred. In what? Three Hundred. Oh, Three Hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, it's been. You yeah. know what's weird is I didn't know that until I was watching Three Hundred again recently. I didn't really. I wasn't really watching. It was on TV. And yeah. I saw her, and I was like, "Whoa, hey, that's uh, you know, it's weird when you go back and see something you've seen before." Yeah. But that person wasn't that person to you at that time. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And then they became this other actor, and this, or you know, this other character. And I go, "Oh, hey, that's that one person." So, yeah, yep. that's pretty yep. cool. So there it is. There's my there's my favorite five uh, time travel franchises, movies, TV shows, whatever you want to say. What are yours, Chris? Well, we're gonna have a couple of repeats. Um. First off, I'd just like to say, like, my, I'm sure we'll do some honorable mentions, maybe, right? Sure. I mean, yeah, after? Sure. Or, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll just kind of lead with one, an honorable mention. Okay. I mean, it's kind of cheating, I guess. But this would have been, I I really was trying to rack my brain with, like, my first introduction into, like, the, the concept of time traveling, right? Right. In media. 
Um, I'm assuming this was the very first time that I ever even understood it, maybe. I don't know. But, um, and that was in the original Superman. Now, granted, the whole movie isn't about time traveling. I wouldn't right. call Superman a time travel movie. But right, right. the ending has time travel. You know, he doesn't like, oh, you know, yeah. Lois Lane died. He spins the earth backwards, uh, reverses time, then flips it back the other way, goes back to the point in time where she died, or prior to her dying, and prevented her death. So right. um, that was like my first like introduction into time traveling that I could remember. It, there might have been something in a cartoon, but I couldn't place it. You know what I mean? But I right. know for a fact that this made an impact on me. I remember as a kid, that thought of being able to uh, redo something, you know what right, I mean? Like, right. oh, I made a mistake, but I have this power. I could, you know, back it up a little bit and get a do-over. Um, right. I, I, I was fascinated by that. So that would really should be in my top five, but it's not a time travel movie, so it didn't make it. Ironically enough, and everybody is a big, you know, are you, you're a Richard Donner fan, yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right, and I am too. Um, he, he was uh, supposed to do Superman 2, filmed most of the movie, right. um, yeah. had a falling out at some point. And uh, matter of fact, I think he did the majority. I mean, the overwhelming majority of the movie he filmed. Um, and then eventually a Donner cut came out years later. Um, I don't like the Donner cut. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I, maybe I'm not in the geek uh, majority here, but I like the theatrical cut. Um, in the Donner cut, they just reuse the ending. He does the same thing. He really? backs up never time to it. before. Yeah, he redoes the ending. He goes backwards, and what? Zod and them they go back into the mirror, and the whole second movie is a do-over. Now, granted, they kind of did something similar to that with Lois Lane. He gave her the the memory, you know, like the uh, mm -hmm. memory yeah. evaporation kiss or whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> which some people think they made that up, but there was actually precedent in one of the comic books. He had done that once before Superman. Uh, so it wasn't, right. he, the guy didn't just pull it out of his butt. I mean, it, it had existed <laughs> at some point in one of the comics, but I preferred the theatrical one. I felt like I never knew the difference. And when I, I remember when I heard of the whole Donner cut and uh, I watched it, um, Eh, I, I like the regular one. I like the Niagara Falls scene in the regular one, which isn't in the Donner. Huh. Um, there's a yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that they filmed for. I forget the the director for Superman two, but anyway, that would kind of be in the same time travel thing too. But it granted they retconned that, so that ain't in. But um, so my number five um is a TV series called Voyagers. Have you ever seen Voyagers, Duke? Is that Star Trek? No. Voyagers? It was no. called. It was called Voyagers, and it was no. about uh, a man from the future. His name was Phineas Bogg, and he had this little device called an Omni, which kind of looked like a combination between like a pocket watch and like um, uh, you know, one of those devices that are on a boat, uh, like a navigation, like a nautical. Uh, why can't I think of the word? Like a compass. Uh, Yes, thank you. That's the okay. word I was looking for. Like like a okay. like a nautical compass or whatever. So it's kind of, but it's small. It fits in his hand. And he's able to adjust it and go to a certain point of time and he goes back in time uh, to fix something. Like for whatever reason, uh, even though time has done it, because uh, time is a constant, I guess sometimes it messes up and they have to go back to make sure it continues to be what it's supposed to be. That gotcha. makes sense? Yeah. All right. So... 
um, in the very first episode, he goes back to New York and he ends up on this balcony, uh, New York City. And this boy, um, somehow he almost caused the death of this boy, Jeffrey. He had to jump out the window to catch him, something like that, off the balcony because Jeffrey fell because um, he un didn't understand where this guy came from. And before they touched the ground, he went in back in time to a different time period. But they're stuck because when Phineas left his, the future, he forgot the book. It almost kind of like Greatest American Hero. He didn't quite know what to do. Right. He didn't know what to fix. He just knew whenever they got to a certain thing, the Omni would either be red light or green light. If it was red light, that meant that there was something wrong. They had to fix it. And once once it went to green, that meant they fixed it and they would go. So, for instance, um, they go to an alternate history where um, Babe Ruth doesn't get traded to the Yankees. And so they or he's going to quit baseball, something like that. It's been a long time since I've watched it, but something to that effect. So, uh, of course, Jeffrey, he's the reason why he becomes valuable in this situation is he's a history student. So he knows a lot about history. Uh -huh. So he remembers. So he's like he becomes Phineas's book. And it was a really good series, man. I believe there was only 20 episodes. I have the full series on DVD. Um, in between the first season and the second season, the actor that paid Phineas um, uh, was had an accident on a, on a he was filming a movie, and they had I mean, ironically, because it just happened recently, uh, he ended up getting shot with a with a blank, and it killed him. Oh my so gosh. Uh, they uh, they canceled the series, but it was my favorite show, man. I loved that show so much. So uh, I never watched it. it. It made such an impact on me because, again, you know, it, this is like, again, like my first real time travel, you know, memories. And that was that was one of them. So that's number five. Um, I will put it, uh, the next one um, kind of goes hand in hand with uh, with Superman, because um, one of the things when I was a kid, uh, if I was like, if I liked something, like if I liked a wrestler, if I liked an actor, if I saw him in something else, I would like immediately want to watch it well this christopher reeve did a movie called somewhere in time about um, time traveling um mm -hmm. and it's a it's a romantic movie so it's mostly a, ro a romance but it has a time travel element to it well the whole thing's about time travel and um I, it just it's one of those movies that i enjoy watching uh, from time to time and uh i feel like it's it's a, just a just a nice wholesome fun uh time travel movie and so that's my number four. I just watched that um, two nights ago. Okay. Or was it last I'm, night? I don't remember. I remember when you told me you were <laughs> going to watch it. So I don't know. I just I just watched it for the first time ever. Okay. Thanks to you because and? you sent me the tape. And what's your number? Did what's you your like number three? it? Hate it? <laughs> oh, you just want to skate? Okay, so you didn't like it. That's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I have to say I did not like it. That's okay. You know what? Um, to each their own, right? Uh, yes, of course. And I'm glad you liked it. And you, I never saw it. And I'm, I'm, maybe there's something to. Well, you, maybe you just like it because you like it. But um, I'm, well, maybe I like it because nostalgia. I like it. But uh, there's definitely some nostalgia to it. But yeah, um, yeah. It, it has 80s vibe in the beginning or oh, late 70s. Yeah, yeah. it's 70s so that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, of course he goes back in time, so you have like this um, Victorian age, maybe. I think that would have probably been what it would have been. It was the um, early 1900s, 1912. Right. Uh, I liked it. I mean, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty solid movie. And I just, uh, it um, had a little... 
I guess the problems I have with it are quite a few. I don't want to bash it or anything, but just off Go the top ahead. of my head, um, the time travel, it was just, it made no sense. He just essentially hypnotized himself and willed himself into another time. It, I just, I just, I've never seen that before in a time travel movie. <laughs> the guy, he just found well, that's some one book. Of the things I, I, well, that's one of the things I kind of like about it. Well, you have seen it before because you watched two movies I sent you that had a similar thing. Well, I guess you're right. With Yeah, I guess we can talk about that. Is that on your list? No, it's not in my top okay. five. So for but, sure. We're talking about butterfly effect. Right. The butterfly effect has a very similar concept. He that's reads true, his journals. I, that and, was the first uh, time I had seen that before as well. So that, that He read those, his yeah. journals and it was able to bring him back into a moment in time and he was able to change it. And then when he went yeah. back to the future, all these different things happened, which, you know, hence the butterfly mm-hmm. effect. So now he had to see if his future was what he wanted and he kept having yeah. problems. Um, well, the thing about it wasn't just about he just willed himself going back to somewhere in time. I mean, he went out and bought what he thought was a period suit and he got rid of all the electronics in his room. So he tried to make it as right, right. 1800s as possible. Um, he went to he went got to the coins. hotel. We got some coins well, too. No. Remember that? Yeah, he got some stuff because he had to have money. So he went and got some um, period money or whatever money that would have fit the time. And um, he, yeah, I guess you could say he hypnotizes. I never really thought about it hypnotism, but I guess it's kind of what it is. He just kept telling himself that he was back there. He kept saying the dates. He kept saying it and saying it and saying it. And then he, when he woke up, he was back in time. Um, I don't know, man. Time travel movies, I mean, is it any more crazier than, you know, four dudes sitting in a hot tub and they go back? You know what I mean? Well, that's a comedy. That's that's a little different. Well, you're right. It is a comedy. (laughs) That's true. But, okay. I mean, I'm just saying it is what it is, right? Uh, Yeah, right. Well, that's the device. um, I was just kind of scratching my head a little bit. I, I didn't understand what they were trying to say was going on there they didn't really there was no lore there was no real explanation he just found some book and had some professor that told him one time that he could do this and he he got all excited it was about astro projection right okay. like i is that what they call about it about being I, able to i mean there are people who believe in that kind of stuff i'm not saying i'm one of oh, them never heard of that of astro projecting no i've never heard of that term at all well, it's a thing. You can Google it after the show. <laughs> I'll look it up. Astro projecting is a thing. A lot of times Astro it has something projecting. to do with maybe drug reuse, but all the time it has to do with <laughs> meditation. Well, I mean, it could be like LSD or something, but um, there are people who claim to have astro projected um, through uh, meditation or um, yoga. Also, mm-hmm. I mean, it. you know, uh, is it any more different than your spirit leaving your body? When you die, I mean, it's kind of that thing. Think of it that way. He was able to take his spirit out of his body and put it back in the past. Now, where did that body in the past come from? Who knows? It doesn't matter. It just, it is what it is. He went into the past and Mm -hmm. I like the movie. So good enough. It's good enough for me. I think if you want to watch a little time travel movie that has a romantic vibe to it, give it a look. Um, my third is also 12 monkeys. I don't know if yours was third, uh, but I also like 12 Monkeys a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that was something that it hit me at the very right time. And uh, I was already a Bruce Willis fan and I was starting to become a Brad Pitt fan. And I liked the director style. I liked the way the movie was filmed. 
I felt like it worked. You know what I mean? Like as far mm-hmm. as like I didn't see a lot of holes in the movie or anything like that. I felt like it was true to the movie, and um, you know, like there wasn't like um, you know, like uh, the paradox aspect. I didn't feel like there was a ton of them, and I I just really enjoyed him going back and forth in time, and um, I, I don't know. I dug it. I, I just like how it um, What year was that movie? Because the last time I saw 95. that. 95? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Because the last time I saw that before this last viewing was on a date with my wife in the theater. So I, I saw that in the theaters, um, but I, had, I hadn't seen it since. So, yeah, that makes sense. Well, you had good, yeah, you had good taste, man. I, was, yeah. I wish I would have went to the theaters to see it. I, <laughs> I remember seeing the... That was one of those things where I don't... Now, maybe if I watch the trailer now, I might think differently, but I remember not liking the trailer. <laughs> Like, I guess I remember, remember him, uh, Brad Pitt going, monkey, 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 or something like that. I don't know. There was something in the trailer that I didn't like, and I was just like, oh, that looks yeah. stupid. And, uh, but no, I really enjoy the movie. Uh, yeah. My number two is back to the... I mean, I, I'll just put it like this. My number two and one is the same as yours. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's ironic that... And I could screenshot it and show you if you, if you don't believe me. But <laughs> the Back to the Future, I consider one, two, and three all one, one movie, even though one is, you know, could be its own thing without the other two, but... The fact that they exist, I just kind of lump them together. Um, I think there's really good chemistry between uh, Michael J. Fox and and the Doc. And oh um, yeah, oh yeah. And, and even though it kind of sucked that Crispin Glover kind of ruined yeah. the series a little bit, um, there's definitely that paradox that we'll get into or something. Yeah, you know, and then because it's something that is not right uh, that mm. I always hated, but. Um, they try to work around him in the sequel, in the second one, with maybe the hopes that he would come back for the third one. They yep. used an actor yep. to kind of look like him. They turned him upside down, and they got a guy who kind of looked like him. But uh, I don't know. I think the guy took himself too seriously, and uh, he thought he was. Don't get me wrong. I, I whatever he was paid, he probably didn't get paid enough for the original because he was as big as that in that movie as the other two big guys in that movie. You know what I mean? Like uh, George really McFly sure. was a huge part of that movie. Absolutely. Um, he's, yeah. I mean him, Bill, I mean, I think all the main cast was very, you know, like they all had equal, obviously Michael J. Fox was the biggest role, but um, I think everybody played a big part, but McFly is very memorable. You know what I mean? So, For sure. Hey, I'm talking to you, McFly, you Irish bug. Oh, hey, Biff. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, you got my homework finished, McFly? Uh, well, actually, I figured since it wasn't due till Monday. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hey, think, McFly. Think. I gotta have time to recopy it. You realize what would happen if I hand in my homework and your handwriting? I'll get kicked out of school. You wouldn't want that to happen, would you? It is kind of sad that he wasn't able to make the sequels because I wonder how they would have been if they would have tweaked the mini or if it just would have. I really do feel like whatever his part would have been in the sequels got diminished because he wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. I feel like they must have did some rewriting. I can't imagine they would have had him in it and his parts would have been so small. I mean, they essentially oh, killed yeah. him off now- in the second movie, you know, because... Uh, in the future, they right, used that yeah. replacement, but when Marty went back to the past, he was dead. They just didn't even show him no more. And you never seen him again. So, 
Uh, I think now, am I remembering that they did, wasn't there some lawsuit involved where they had like a rubber mask or something, and then he sued them because it was his likeness or something like I'm that? I'm sure Mike? he did. I, I I don't know, man. Okay. I'm not a big fan of him. I don't think he did anything of substance after that. I mean, like I have this movie, a horror movie that he's in called Willard, and all I could think is like, okay, you did Willard, and you could have did Back to the Future two and three. Like, are you stupid? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You could have been getting Netflix money right now dude are you kidding like every time that comes out on a new exactly. format he would have been getting paid i mean he's still getting paid but he would have got paid more oh yeah and i from what i read they offered him a, a fair price he just thought he he wanted the same amount as michael j fox or something like that i don't know i forget all the specifics but it was something along those lines and um i think i think also i'm remembering because the fandango boys uh discussed this at length years ago okay. when they talked about back to the future and i think um he didn't like the ending of the first movie he had like a, a problem with that uh, well you know what it's universally liked so suck on it you know what i mean <laughs> right. like it's universally <laughs> liked i mean who who hates the ending of the first movie it left it where it could be a sequel and it left it where there couldn't be a, it would have been fine as it is i i don't know i thought the movie was good i mean I don't know what he would have well, wanted. Yeah, he too. he w became the the big man. The, he tamed his bully. He had a big role. That was it, a it big was some that moral was, thing. It, but that was just as much with, of a George McFly movie as it was a Marty McFly movie. Yeah. He thought it was a. Moral I think his problem issue. with the ending had something to do with the the him. You know, um, because he became rich and successful. The truck. Or something. Yeah, like that was the message behind it. I think he had a, a moral problem with it or something, but I don't Well, I mean, exactly. maybe what, because he's weak, they were poor, and because he was strong, he, they weren't or something? I mean, they still lived in the same neighborhood. I, I don't I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I have to look into it, but uh, I bet you it had more to do with money than anything else. I'm just going to say Probably. I think that's just something <laughs> he pulled out of his butt to try to make himself look like he was a... Uh, you know, mm -hmm. more of a thespian than he was in, the rest of the actors. Like, they're the hacks because they kept doing it, right? They, right, right. And he's some high-minded, uh, you know. Right. He's yeah. an artist. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> a anyway, uh, so my number one is Terminator. And it, uh, same stuff that you said. I mean, Terminator 1 and 2 are the movies. Um, all the sequels. I mean, like, there's some of them I like elements of. All I think I like elements of all of the sequels. I don't think they're good. You know, I just think there's little bits like I don't yeah. hate Terminator 3. I've watched it a few times. I don't either. I've watched it enough times where That's I probably do. the best. Yeah, it's the best of the sequels for sure. I've watched it enough where I do like it. I just, it's just not as good as the originals. You know what I mean? And right. it didn't right. add anything. All, all it did was just add more movie. It didn't, it didn't affect I, yeah, anything. I like the TV show more yes. than anything after the second movie well i'm still holding yeah, out that because the, they've tried to redo this redo the schwarzenegger's too old old now so i don't yes. think that he's going to come back for another i mean he probably could and i don't think he was bad in the last movie i actually thought he was good i just didn't think it was that good of a movie i think it had good elements and then i just you know they it, they just didn't stick to landing the last one I saw was the one with... Um, right, with the Batman, Batman the Salvation, name? right? Yes, and I, I thought it was awful. It I didn't like stupid. Salvation at all. That one's probably the worst out of all the stuff. Um, the la uh, There okay. was another one that came after that that had the... 
the chick from Game yeah. of Thrones as Sarah Connor. That one I thought was pretty good for a lot of it, and then the wheels fell off. Um, there was a lot of good stuff to that one too, but I don't think it's a good movie. And then the very last one was the one that came out a couple of years ago, and um, they brought back um, uh, the actress who plays Sarah Connor. Um, I can't think of her name right now, but you know who she is. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. You know, yep. doesn't matter. Um, they brought her <laughs> back, and they kind of did something similar that they'd done with, um, with the recent Halloweens, where they kind of said, hey, just ignore all that stuff. And uh, we're going to pick up for where part two left off. And I thought a lot of the movie was good. And then it just, you know, it was just okay. It was just all right. I mean, it's not yeah. the worst. Salvation to me was the worst. Um, I would still rather watch part three. Uh, I like the series. I'm really holding out hope that now that Arnold's getting older, that they'll just wait a few years. And then one of these streaming services will throw some money at it. And they'll just create a Terminator series, and they don't have to recreate all the Sarah Connor stuff. They don't have to do all that. If they want to, fine. They could just make a Terminator series. You know what I mean? If it, if it revolves around Sarah and John, that's fine. Or it could just be a Terminator series. I don't really care. I just enjoy Terminator. You know what I mean? So it would be cool if they could do, like, an adult version of it. You know, that was the only thing that was lacking with the the tv series that was on fox it, you know it, it was restricted um to the network guidelines but i still thought it was really good um it could it, yeah, i just i, really I just remember thinking as i was watching it's like oh i wish this was on hbo you know what i mean because then then it could have been more like <laughs> yeah. part one and two like with you know cussing mm -hmm. or part new partial nudity or whatever the adult vibes that it had in the first two you know, where it was still right. kid-friendly to some degree with the second movie. I wouldn't say the first movie was. The second movie was a little kid-friendly. But, um, you know, but there were, even though it still had adult stuff to it. People were getting murdered, and sure. uh, they were showing it, and there was cussing or whatever. Like, it was just a regular movie, you know? Uh, Linda, Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton, way, yeah. I, I was, you know, I yeah. kept thinking of all the roles she was in. I was like, she was with that uh, that guy who plays... Uh, the guy from Sons of Anarchy, he, they played Beauty and the Beast. You know, I was like, what was his name? Oh, he was yeah, Hellboy, yeah. too. She was also in uh, uh, Children of the Corn. Yeah. She was yeah. Well. Very young. Yeah, she was. But anyway, so those are my five. So you want to maybe gloss over some honorable mentions here? Yeah, sure. Um, do you have any? I've got a couple. I'll, I'll just, yeah, I do. Okay. I'll, I'll do two. Um, Planet of the Apes. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. Yes. Because that's a time travel movie. In all honesty, that probably should have been in my top five because I do I do like that better than some of the things that are in my top five. Yeah. Um and it is time travel. I I just think of it as um I, I think with my time traveling, I forget that you can also go forward. I always think of it going backwards. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's so yeah. weird. But it is yeah. a time travel movie. I mean, he definitely goes forward. Um but it's he doesn't go forward and I mean he goes forward in time only because he was frozen, right? I mean they were in those those uh those little okay, cause... uh well they this is probably the most sciency of of the all of these movies and franchises because it's actually based in, in real science. Right. So they, they were traveling um, near the speed of light, which uh, if you're familiar with Einstein's special yeah. theory of relativity right. 
it slows down time, and that's a real that's a real thing. And they they thought they crashed on an alien planet, right. and you don't find out to the end that this is a time travel movie right. because they realize it's just Earth in the future. Right. So, well, but yeah, but yeah. they were in those little chamber. They were in like the. Like the same stuff that the, like yes, the crew because, was in the, on, on, like you, so you could make the same argument that Aliens a time travel movie for the same reason. Uh, I guess, but they don't really, they don't really. There's no story element about time. Well, travel. in the sequel, yeah. there is. She does talk about like her daughter being dead. You know, like everybody she left behind. You know, Ripley because she didn't get to come back in time. They found her in the future, fo- floating uh, adrift. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So. There is but, a time um, travel. I mean, it's to me. Yeah. That's why I don't really. That it is a time travel movie. That's why I don't think of it as one. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, it's it. You have to kind of remember because again, it's not really a story element until the very yes. end. When it's the, it's when one the of the twist greatest hits. twists of all time for sure. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then this is another one you don't think of as a time travel movie, but. Um, what about not what about Bob? Um, Groundhog Day. Right. <laughs> they both have Bill Murray. Yeah, and and that's but, another um, one you don't think of too. But he, I mean, there's there's, I mean, he's living a day and going backwards, and living a day and going. So it is a time travel movie. I mean, he's able to. Yeah, experience he's he's today. like stuck in a time right. loop, and he's experiencing the same day over and over. But the difference between him and everyone else is he remembers yep. that he's doing this, and he knows about it, and until he makes this right decision. Then he gets kind of out of this stuck loop thing. What's going, boys? You're playing yesterday's tape. So it's a comedy. It's a great movie. Bill Murray in his prime, in my opinion. Um, one of my favorite comedies. Oh, it's really good. Um, it's a fantastic movie. So it's not really something you think of as a time travel film. That's why I have it as an honorable mention. But I really wanted to mention it because I do like that movie quite well, a bit. Well, and I'll, I will piggyback that. There is a one of my absolute favorite episodes of X-Files. They have the same, that groundhog effect where Mulder, Mulder oh, really? and Scully go to a bank. And there's, um, as they're in line, a robbery takes place. And the guy has a bomb on but he also has a gun and, and the only one who keeps reliving this day is Mulder and he doesn't realize it initially and he starts to pick up on it. And then at the end, he's able to, you know, get out of the time loop, but it's one of those standalone episodes. No. Like X-Files had two kinds of episodes. Uh, they're referred to as right, right. The, the, arc, the, the arc story. And then there's the freak of the week. This would fall into the freak of the right. week um, style of X-Files. But it's great. It's it's easily one of them. I mean, if I was gonna turn on X Files right now, that'd be one that would come to mind. If I thought, oh man, I feel like watching an episode. That would I love that episode so much. Um, That's cool. Now, did they borrow from um, uh, Groundhog Day? I or was wonder it if it's vice versa. I'd have to go back and see when Groundhog Day huh. was released. I really can't remember which one came first. I think first. that was early nineties. But wasn't so it? was X Files. This ep- this particular. But it yeah, depends right. on when this X Files episode was, though. Because it went through the 90s. I'd have to go back and double check. They might have borrowed. You know what? And the other thing is, they both might have borrowed from somebody else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they both might have ripped somebody off. You know? Sure. Well, I'm looking at Groundhog Day here. I'm looking it up to see when it came okay. out. Okay. So um, what year was that? Um, 1993. Yeah, right around the time uh, X-Files was popular. Okay. This yeah. one, actually, 
granted, X-Files, um, I believe, predates it, the original episodes, but this one didn't come out to 99, so it could have ripped off Groundhog Day, for sure. And I'm not saying it didn't, hmm. but I'm also saying they might have ripped well, off something yeah. else. Like, uh, you know, Terminator got sued. Um, what's his name? James Cameron. Um, that he got sued. And actually, if you go back and you look through the credits, you can see that he had to give credit to a man who wrote a short story for the original. I remember that. Uh, yeah. yeah, the original um, Outer Limits show. So um, that uh, had the same concept over a robot coming back in time to kill somebody who prevents a war in the future or wins a war in the future, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of borrowing that goes on in Hollywood. Um, but, oh, but sure. yeah, there's Always. no doubt that um, they might've, they might've been influenced by the, the groundhog day, but it's, I'm like, I'm saying it's a great episode. You should check it out. I think it's on, um, I don't know if X files is still on. Um, it's probably on Hulu. Now you should check it out. It, it's good. You okay. like it. It's a standalone, uh, so you don't have to, you know, you don't have to get into it. You just yeah. turn it on and watch it. Um, great episode. I'll check it out. Um, I, this I would have put this in my top five. Probably wouldn't even put it in my top ten, but I think it, you, we can't not mention it. Quantum Leap was a big time travel episode, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. episodic yeah. series. Uh, very good. Very good. Um, very satisfying. When you were describing the Voyagers, it kind of reminded yeah. me of Quantum Honestly, Leap. Honestly, I kind of felt like Quantum Leap ripped them off, to be honest. <laughs> Like, seriously, I really do feel like they okay. did because it was very similar, except for the fact that there wasn't the there wasn't the the missing book, the you know, like the the greatest American hero thing. You know what I mean? Like they, they did. He didn't need somebody else. I mean, he did need help. Right. Sometimes that guy from the future would give him some advice or he had to tweak it around mm -hmm. to figure out how to solve the problem. But he couldn't leave the body until whatever was supposed to happen happened. Um, I haven't watched it since it was on, but I just remember it was just a fun yeah. show. I don't remember the details of how everything worked, but and, I and it, too. It, it was also one the, of those shows that you didn't have to catch every episode. Like they didn't all. It was like it, yeah. honestly, that was kind of the time of network shows that I actually kind of hated that they didn't connect. I like shows that connect. Mm -hmm. I like stories that connect. I like I the too. fact that when they remember something happened and acknowledge something. I hate when somebody comes to town. Like the Fawns has a new girlfriend. And you never see her again. You know what I mean? Like I hate, I always hated that stuff. <laughs> right, you know right. what I mean? So, um, Donnie Darko is another time travel movie that I like a lot. Um, even though it's more about wormholes, but it still has a time travel element to it. Um, very sci-fi. Yeah. Dig that movie. Uh, Bill and Ted. I think we have to kind of mention that one. That one. You oh know, yeah. That's a big oh, time yeah. travel movie. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, hey, okay. And one more. Uh, Star Trek Four. That's my favorite Star Trek. And I know it's not probably the popular nerdy thing to say because it's not, you know, it's kind of out of that Star Trek world that has to do with aliens and everything, but I love it. I like it. They just go back and pass. I'm not even familiar. Is that the they one? They go back with, in San Francisco. Uh, which one is? You don't, you're not familiar? No, I thought I, you were I, a tricky nerd. What? No? no? No. Okay, I knew that. No. That's with you. Um,. <laughs> Oh, okay. okay, so there's you know there's several movies and and kind of the thing with Star Trek. I always say track, and I get picked on for that. Trek, <laughs> Star Trek movies is um, it's supposed to be the even ones or the better ones, right? So like yeah, part two is Rathacon, part four is the Voyage Home, part six is whatever. I don't know. One is the first one, the motion picture. Three is the the one where Spock dies. Whatever that one was called. 
But anyway, so um, four is it, they. There's some stuff going on in the future, and uh, they don't know what's going on. And there's some tr- a lot of stuffs happening. Uh, environments are getting messed up, and on on Earth, and uh, they're able to realize that there's something with the whales. The fact that all the humpback whales in the future are extinct, and this alien, um, kind of like a monolith, kind of like from 2001, comes to earth and is trying to communicate with the whales and the whales aren't replying back to them so they're basically tearing up the environment if i remember correctly something like that so basically tearing up the oceans creating this big storms or whatever um uh, to try to find the whales and so they go back in time and basically they bring back some humpback whales or they bring back a i think a pregnant humpback whale to repopulate the future with humpback whales yeah, I do remember the whole whale. It thing, it, it sounds vaguely. silly. The way I explain this sounds horrible. Trust me, it sounds stupid. It really <laughs> sounds like some standalone episode rather than a full blown motion picture. But it's still one of my it's my favorite Star Trek movie. I like it. I mean, Rat the Con's a better Star Trek cool. movie, but uh, I I like this. It's good. Well, I had one more come to mind during uh, our discussion here, and I'm just going to throw it in there real quick, and that's the Land of the Lost uh, TV show. Yes. So it's not it, it's it's time travel in the sense that they go to like a a time that I'm sorry, a land that time forgot right. type thing. Um, but they're stuck in this like prehistoric. Um, it's a pre you know, area right. like, world. Yeah, because see, that's the weird thing is, I mean, that would have that should have been on my list because I love that show so much. But you're right. They do go back in time, but you're not sure it's their time. Like their existence, right. right? I don't know how clear it is if it's if it's there just went through some, some sort of void or something. In this like different dimension or something, they don't, I don't know if they make it clear. I don't know if they really because there's all there's slee stacks and all kind of magic stuff going on too. So I think it's like a different dimension is is you know maybe. But it was a fun show. We talked about it before. I really just love that show. Uh, well, it, they go into a void within the earth, right? Because there's a great earthquake, and they go down, uh, the the things suck their tiny raft a thousand feet below into the land of the lost. So it's still the same time, but I know what you're saying. It does feel like time travel. But it's, Mm -hmm. I guess, Mm -hmm. somehow there's a earth within the earth or whatever. There's a land underneath the land. But somehow they have a sun. I don't really know how it works, but it works. All right, well, now that we've got all our favorite franchises out of the way, let's dive into what franchise or movie do you think handles time travel the best on like a technical level so i i kind of broke this down i came up with three main ways that i knew you were gonna have like a section like that i knew you were gonna do this i'm glad you did but i (laughs) I, when we talked i was like i don't have to worry about this because duke is going to find a scientific way to analyze (laughs) this these parameters here so go for it dude let's hear it so I came up with three different main ways. There's there's more, but these are the three main ways, in my opinion. All right. There's what I'll call linear time travel. And uh, movies that have that in them are Harry Potter, The Terminator, and 12 Monkeys. And what that means is there's no branching timelines. There's just one timeline, and you can go back, and you're still in the same timeline, not another right. A branching dimension or alternate timeline is is established. Right. I guess uh, we probably should have brought up uh, the Avenger movies with Endgame and uh, 
that i mean those are pretty big time travel movies as well um but yeah they have the brand like that's what's going on with the mcu now it's this big uh branching timelines with multiple universes there was actually another show that was called sliders that they slided in between dimensions so that's kind of it's weird uh it was on fox for a long time but um so yeah so there's a difference i know what you're saying so you're saying if me, if I go back in the past, so there's, there's that one, and I see my grandpa. Yeah, I'm seeing my grandpa, not an alternate. And I come back to the future, and it's still me, and everybody around me is still the same. I just have this memory, unless I change something. Yeah, and, and pretty much exactly. It, essentially, if you look at it on a diagram, there's one line, and when you go back, it kind of overlaps that one line. Right where there's two of you or whatever. Sure. You might exist in the same timeline for a minute, but, or whatever, but. So the second one then is what I'll call nonlinear. And that is movies like, um, back to the future. Um, and the flash series on, um, was it the WB network? Yeah. It's still on. It had the flash. It's still on. Right. Yeah. Um, really, I, I watched a couple seasons of that and it was really fun. Yeah, it's a good show. I mean, I, I still kind of catch up with it a little bit, but I know what you're saying. I like the concept of, uh, speed and time travel. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you got multiverses and stuff. You got multiple different versions of flash and different timelines. Um, so that would be what I would call nonlinear. Um, and again, um, in the second, uh, back to the future film, there's a scene where doc, Brown gets the chalkboard out and draws a line and shows that we can't we jutted over here and he draws a parallel line right. and says now we're in this timeline so it shows two separate timelines going on at the same time now I'm not sure the series does a real good job at explaining or clarifying whether when you jump when you jut out of that original timeline how do you get back does that one whatever. still go on right. well no does that one still go on or does that get erased so it gets real kind of well, that that's the thing, Kind of away too. from sci-fi and, and closer to fantasy. Well, right. When Marty goes back in time in the first one and he changes the future, is there still a, a present or, you know, a 1980? Is there still a 1985 that has the poor McFly family who don't know where Marty went and are mourning his death? And now there's this right. new timeline where Marty's wealthy. And then what would have happened to that Marty? Right. It does right. become complicated. Right. And that's why that's why this is going to be fun to discuss because as I just said, when the first one is is to me more science fiction with the linear time travel. Um again, movies like Terminator and and 12 Monkeys and we'll get into why in, in a minute here. Um and then when you have the branching timelines, you're now you're talking about interdimensional travel as well. You're talking about different worlds and alternate pathways in time and we're starting to edge towards like fantasy storytelling instead of science fiction storytelling but anyway the third main one that i had come up with was what i will call forward only or realistic time travel and the most prominent example of that would be the planet of the apes which we talked about uh, a, a little bit ago right where they can't they can't go backwards in time but through a very real process they can they can jump forward in time um and two of these that i that i um, broke down here that the first two have uh, paradoxes um that you can't avoid because they're not real but the third one there are no paradoxes because it's actually a real thing you can actually theoretically 
do that. Right. So there's really no paradoxes to deal with in the forward. Right, because anything going backwards, uh, time travel, you would create a paradox if you do anything that could alter your future, mm-hmm. or even future. Right. Any so, there's that, then the butterfly effect would kick in. Like even if you went to like, let's say you were able to go to back in the future or back in the past in Europe, but yet you stop Jonas Salt from discovering uh, penicillin. You could have wiped out your whole family, and then you would be dead. So how does it <laughs> right. reconcile that? You know what I mean? Right, exactly. So my my favorite version of time travel in fiction would be the linear, because I think it's closer to science fiction, and the paradox that it presents is, is a little more logical. And the other one, the branching timelines, like Back to the Future and, and Bill and Ted and, and all that kind of stuff, it gets away from science fiction and becomes a little more... The paradoxes are not logical anymore. They're, they don't make any sense. So what, what do you prefer in your time travel? Not, not your favorite you know, movie, but what, what type of time travel do you prefer? Well, I, I, I will say the one I'm mostly fascinated with is... I forgot how you labeled them, I'm sorry. The science fiction, the, 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 the Terminator. I like I like it when he's linear, okay. right? If someone can go back, you can alter it, and then you can go back and kind of see what you've done, but it's still the same timeline. Um, I wow. do like that. I do like your argument though for the only going forward. Um, you're like the Rip Van Winkle thing, right? You fall, you know, and somehow you're able to go asleep and you wake up and it's the future or something. I like that. Well, that one is. Yeah, that one's the most realistic, and again, there's no paradoxes. Well, to you're deal not with, changing anything either. You're just going into the yeah. future, like everybody. <laughs> the fantasy is right. You go back and you tell yourself, buy stock in Amazon, buy stock in Apple, tell your grandpa <laughs> right. to buy Disney stock, and then you come back and then you see how it worked out, and hope that he still married the same woman, they still had the same kids, your mom still met your dad. Is very delicate. Right. I've actually run these scenarios before. I know I can't go back beyond my adulthood because I can mess that up. I don't want to do that. So I would say I would pinpoint. And then it's like, well, how far back do you go? Because if I go back too far, I might eliminate my children. I don't want to do that. So I think the Mm -hmm. best scenario I could do is go back to Bitcoin. Okay. So my daughter was already born. I mean, you thought this out. I did. (laughs) I would go back and I would buy a lot of Bitcoin. And I would buy as much stock as I could afford in Amazon because it wasn't as expensive as it is now. And I would tell myself to be on the lookout for things like Uber and whatever. You know, I would plan, I would map out these things that are going to keep me making money in the future. But I wouldn't go beyond my children because I wouldn't want to eliminate them. I couldn't deal with that. And I would imagine if I went back to high school, Chris, and told him, dude, uh, cut all the grass you can and get ready because in two, you know, 1999 Yahoo's going to go public and you can buy a lot of Yahoo stock. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be with their mother. I would have, I would have been, I probably wouldn't have, I don't know. Who knows? Right. You know what I'm saying? I probably would have been yep. focused on yep. making money so I can buy the, the, you know, Microsoft stock before windows 95 came out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, well, I must admit, I've never fantasized about how I would go back in time and, and make myself rich or anything like yeah. that. So I, I, <laughs> I don't can't. Know which yeah, one I see, I'm not trying to stop Lincoln's assassination. I ain't worried about all that stuff. You know, uh, yeah, there's always right. the hero thing, right? You can stop 9/11 somehow. But I figured, like, man, I'd go and try, and they would just arrest me, and it would happen anyway. You know what I mean? Like, there's episodes. Right. There was a good right. episode of um, 
I think it's a Twilight Zone episode, but a modern one where the guy goes back in the past and he tries to stop the Lincoln assassination and he ends up shooting Lincoln. You know what I mean? Like he ends up becoming the assassin. <laughs> so it's like I wouldn't try to do any of that stuff. I'd be like, nah, I'm just gonna let the past pay out. I would try to monetarily do that so I can, you know, generational wealth for my family, make good decisions, help out poor, you know, do good things with the money. It wouldn't just be about buying a a car with rims or something, you know what I mean? It'd be, you know, <laughs> right. it'd be something, something beneficial to society. Well, what I what I like about the linear time travel um, is it again it makes more logical sense. For example, in Terminator, you have John Connor sends Kyle Reese back to protect his mother um, from the Terminator who was sent back to kill his mother. So you got the Terminator trying to change time, and you got uh, John Connor trying to preserve time right right so in doing that he sends kyle reese back and kyle reese ends up impregnating sarah connor with john and becoming john connor's father so there's your paradox that doesn't make any sense but it's still logical because you keep on playing that loop out and it's all part of the same timeline the 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 present and the future and the past it's all well there's also john connor there's also this thing called string theory where line the like i think that's kind of what you like it's Time is a string, okay? But the thing about it is it's all happening at the same time. Like the past, the present, and future all happening at the same time. And the only reason we don't know that is because our perception of time slows it down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm you're you're being you're theory. being born, yeah. you're you're living and you're dying all in the exact same moment. But it takes all the years of your life to process time. Ooh, that's heady. Yes. That's heavy. Right. <laughs> but, so, and same thing in Harry Potter. And again, that scene that I was talking about in The Prisoner of Azkaban, I love. Uh, it's the same thing. So Harry Potter, in in the original timeline, as you're progressing through the movie, sees a figure in the, in the background save them. And he thinks it's his father because it's a Patronus spell and it's a stag. Um, and then when, once you catch up and he goes back in time to that point, he realizes, oh, that's that was me. That was me saving myself. So another thing about that type of time travel is there's no, you can't change anything. Like Harry Potter had to do that Patronus spell because it already happened. It was already part of the past. So there's nothing he could have done, and it did happen. And the same thing happens in 12 Monkeys. When Bruce Willis was a little kid, he kept having that flashback of seeing that airport scene play out and in the end, it all played out the same way because it already happened. Even though he went back to that point as a time traveler, there was nothing he could have done. It all played out the same way it originally did because now it's part of that same timeline. So again, the, the paradox really presents itself the most in the Terminator series because it makes no sense that Kyle Reese, I'm sorry, John Connor sends back Kyle Reese to impregnate himself. But again, you keep you stuck in that loop and it all kind of works. But now let's talk about, you know, Back to the Future. And again, I'm not knocking it because I wouldn't change a thing about this franchise because it's really good, it's fun. But the paradoxes start to break, start to be more problematic. Right. So when when Marty goes back and pushes his father out of the way from the car, right, thus and eliminating the chance that he was going to meet his mother, let's say the movie ended there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he ne- he couldn't have gone back into the past because he never would have existed to begin with. 
So if things really start making less amount of sense and the paradoxes are so problematic that you have to kind of get silly with it and get into fantasy like alternate alternate timelines and that's why even the first time I saw that movie in the theaters when they showed like the photograph and he's slowly disappearing I thought oh that's kind of a corny well, but I, I get well, it it's a visual tool you know to build tension and to play the scene out and get you to right. understand as an audience what's going on I get it but why when really he had, why why way. didn't he erase first you know what I mean? Like, I guess there might be some sort of scientific reason why not, but why wouldn't they all be being erased at the same time? Like, yeah. why would it be going by siblings? Like, is it, wouldn't it, why wouldn't it go with the, what was it, the firstborn, <laughs> secondborn, thirdborn? Maybe that's what they were doing. I don't know. But, and again, they kind of, Doc Brown kind of explains it as now we're in a different timeline and we can't go to the future here because now we're in a different timeline. Right. We got to go back further to fix it, to get to the original timeline and get to where they broke fixed it. To, yeah. Right. So, it really starts to kind of break down if you think about it too much and not make a lot of sense. Um, but that's okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that in storytelling. Sure. But I still prefer the more science fiction-y, I'll call it, version. You know, again, Terminator, 12 Monkeys, Harry Potter, where it just makes a little more logical sense, even though it's still a paradox. It just, I just like that. That makes me feel better in my brain, I'll say. Well, so that let, that is what I prefer. Let's talk about the real problem, though. Then now that we're back on Back to the Future is, okay, in part three, all right, he goes back to the past, and his ancestors look like his mother and father. What are they saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? I understand I why they did yeah. that, because they couldn't get Crispin <laughs> Glover, and they didn't want to recast, so they just said, nah, we'll just have Marty play the same thing. But why couldn't they just use a different mother and then because they wanted to keep replicating that scene where he's waking up and his mother's talking to him? Like... I don't know. That felt I like guess. lazy. Like she could have just been another lady in the town. You know what I mean? Like, they, right. you know, like they could have still had the McFly and they could have still had the, um, the mother character that who was, she would have been wherever, you know, in the same town, right. Their family right. could have still been in the same towns, but that just seemed kind of silly. Like the, why couldn't the McFly guy right. been with another woman and she be with another man you know, like, well, or maybe they could have still been single. <laughs> maybe they could have still been young enough to not have had children yet. You know what I mean? But they kept right. trying to replicate yep. that same yep. scene for when he went in the past and he talks to a relative and a, you know, there's a little baby and the mom wakes him up. And I don't know. It was just like, they, they, they that was, that was the yeah. one thing I didn't like about it, but I understand it's, you know, it's kind of a comedy. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's a multi-genre right. thing and I get it, but that's nitpicking, right. but that is something right. I never like because it's like, so what are you saying? There was some incest going on in this McFly thing? or <laughs> Are we supposed to not acknowledge? Because it would be one thing if he didn't acknowledge that she looked like his mom, right? Because he does. When he's right. like, you're my mom. You're my, uh, who are you? You know, like, you know, he realizes it's not his right. mom, but he recognizes her as someone that looks like his mother. Right. So right. if he's going to acknowledge her, then why shouldn't we? I don't know. It was just weird. But um, the, I like the story, though. I do like them going in the past. I like the bridge being changed to Eastwood because he, or like the, the bridge, but the ravine, you know, because he went over the into the ravine and they think mm -hmm, he's Clint mm -hmm. Eastwood and all that. You know, I, I, I yep. still think it's a fun movie. It's, I think I actually like part three better than part two. I enjoy it. Oh, I yeah, do, I enjoy yeah. it more. I do too. Even though, you know, yeah, part two is cool. They go in the future and I like elements of it. I mean, I'd still like part two, but... 
it's almost like just seeing a rerun. I mean, they go back in the past. It is neat to see the different perspectives of the same thing. I mean, that's kind of cool, but... Eh. Mm-hmm. Yep. I kind of see that, that franchise similar to how I see um, the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark series. I, I like the first one the best. The second one's a bit of a stinker. And the third one's the better of the sequels. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, it... And definitely, there's a darker tone to the th- to the second one too, and that's kind of the same knock on um, on Temple of Doom. It Temple has a darker tone. Yeah, um, I can yep. see that for sure. Yeah, so that those three, tri- those both of those trilogies, I kind of feel the same way. I, I like the the first one the best, the third one the second best, and the middle one the least. Right, and that's how you feel about the Alien trilogy too, right? You like part three better than part two. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm just <laughs> you do Go know ahead. me well, Chris. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But ultimately, the biggest problem with the the paradox in the Back to the Future series is if Marty pushes his father out of the way, and his parents don't meet up, now he both was born and not born at the same time in the right. same timeline. It's just you can't it, you can't make that work. Right. So it's just it just kind of. Well, it's like somehow time's able to pause so he can fix it or something, or because right. he's out of time, he's not affected unless, I don't know. It, like, why would time have right. a hourglass effect? Like, oh, you got 30 minutes to fix this. You know what I mean? Like, it's that's, it's that's, the whole fantasy element. Yeah, Right. right. It's a movie. That's, right. that's the reason why, because Hollywood, it's a movie. I remember leaving the movie as a kid because I saw, well, I saw all of them in the movies as a, cho- as a, as a child. But um, I remember, like, being pumped when I left. I was like, I didn't, my friend, I, I'll tell you about this real quick. Um, one day, uh, my friend Eric, uh, I don't know him anymore, but at the time, he was my best friend. Uh, he called me and said, hey, uh, my mom told me to call you and see if you wanted to go to the movies. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, let me see if I can get some money. And she, he's like, no, she said she'll pay. So, which was weird, because his mom Ooh. wasn't my biggest fan. Right. She wasn't my <laughs> biggest fan. So, I felt like she probably had a date. She was a single mom. Um, uh-huh. So, she was probably okay. going to dump me in. Like, <laughs> hey, go to I think so. But she was nice that day. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think she liked me a lot at that time in our friendship. But, anyway, she uh, took us to this, this the Fig Garden movie plaza. We went there. Um, which ironically is where I saw part two as well. And I never went to this particular theater, but anyway, we went, I had no idea what it was about. He was all hyped up. He's all, you know, you haven't seen the commercials. I don't know. I know anything about it. So I went in completely cold. I didn't know anything about the movie at all. So I got like a, a real clean experience and I remember just loving it. But you know, over the years I still do. So I'll never same. be able to not feel that same way about it. Cause it got me on every level. I got the nostalgia thing. I really do enjoy the movie. I really think it's a, a really solid standalone movie. Um, I don't think Absolutely. the sequels were necessary, but I don't. I'm I'm glad they exist. I still enjoy them. I just um, it's just one of those movies. It's like the Matrix, except the Matrix sequels are not good at all. But it could have just been <laughs> yeah. the Matrix. They didn't need sequels, and they made them. And you know, there they, there they are. But. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? But it's like same thing with uh, Back to the Future. They didn't need to make the sequels, but, you know, they exist. So, I, I mean, I'll watch them and I like them. But uh, yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. And I, I want to reiterate that complaining about how they deal with time travel, I wouldn't. I still wouldn't change anything about the movie. It's silly yeah. and there's issues with it, but Well, it's the car fun. and the blender and then the hover and all that. Yeah, and the train. 
you know, like it, it's, it's it's fun stuff. It's well thought out. It's well written, well acted. I wouldn't change a thing about them, even though they have it has issues with how the time travel works. I, I really don't care because it's fun enough to where you can kind of brush that stuff aside. And honestly, if they made it uh, more realistic, it wouldn't been maybe as uh, good of a movie. So it could have lost you know. some of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess other than those two are, are the one that we, you know, we talked about before with Planet of the Apes, the forward only, um, and of course that one's uh, essentially theoretically realistic. And really, what's really cool about that concept, and that, that movie was ahead of its time, Planet of the Apes, because, uh, like you mentioned before, that was one of the greatest twists in, in cinema history up to that point. Uh, that was like, I'm sure talked about at length oh wow did you see you know catch the ending and it was crazy statue of liberty it was earth it was such a big moment um in, in film to have that big twist at the end anyway that's that realistic version of time travel um to, to have that in a movie from the 60s right planet of the apes yeah it's 60s i think I it's 68 or 69 something like that yeah it's late 60s but yeah i think it's great and I I'm fine with the sequel. I don't think they're all good. Um, I like the second sequel. Uh, I like that movie. Uh, the other ones uh, they're going in forward and future and the different stuff. I I don't know. I don't. I can't say. Um, I I have a lot of fondness of the other movies, but I'm I'm I think it's cool that they existed because if I was a kid or a teenager or a young adult during that time when they come out, I would have watched them. Again, I've always found uh, an interest in um, real. I guess Einstein's theory of special relativity and all that like light speed stuff and, and gravitational time dilation. I've always been very interested in that stuff. Yeah, and that's why it's really cool that planet of the apes used that realistic version of time travel. Um, and do you know that that's actually um, something that we deal with on a daily basis? Um, the satellites that are in orbit around our planet mm-hmm. Their clocks run at a different speed than our clocks on Earth right. because they are traveling at a certain speed, and uh, acceleration is very related to gravity. They both have the same effect on time space. It bends it and warps it. So I think I made some notes here, actually. Yeah, um, the satellites move about 38 milliseconds. I'm sorry, the clocks on the satellite, and they're atomic clocks. So not just like a you know, like a clock you put on your desk. It's an atomic clock that is actually 38 milliseconds faster in space than the one, than our clocks are on Earth. Um, and we have to constantly adjust the clocks in the satellites because they would mess up our GPSs and everything if the times weren't sunk up perfectly or synced up perfectly. So I think that's really, really interesting stuff. And that's the same science and concept that they used in the Planet of the Apes. The, the, the theory is, and again, this has been proven, this is actually fact. When you approach light speed, essentially you gain more mass. And ultimately, if mass can never reach light speed, it's impossible. There's a cosmic speed limit. And if, if mass were to ever reach light speed, it would be infinitely dense. Um, and time would, would stop. So in the movie, they're, they're traveling close to light speed and slowing time down because they're getting close to that point of time stopping. Um, and that's why the Earth, to, from their perspective, is, is rapidly aging, and they're, they're not, because time had slowed down for them. So all that stuff is real. That, that actually happens. Right. So in fact, there are twins 
um, that one went in space for a year and one didn't. And now they are literally different ages because one spent a year traveling very fast above Earth's orbit. And he is like, I don't know, a couple of milliseconds older, older now yeah. than, he was, than he would have been if he was on Earth. So I just find all that stuff really Oh, I do too. I remember reading um, an article, um, and it was reported in you know regular AP news, um, where these scientists were doing these experiments with these lasers, and they were able to speed it up and measure when it entered a tube and exited a tube. And they were able to get it to go so fast that it was exiting the tube as it was entering the tube. So I just like mm, stuff like that. Yeah. And then there's also, <laughs> yeah. you know, the particle accelerator that's over there in Europe that, you know, might, might, yep. may or may not have caused the Mandela effect. Who knows? But um, they're over there <laughs> making their um, antimatter or whatever they're doing. And <laughs> I would, I, it's just fascinating to me. I mean, I don't know if they should be doing what they're doing, but I think it's really cool. Yep. And all, you know, all that black hole infinitely yeah. dense all that stuff just plays through your head mm-hmm. so much it's just fascinating to ponder well right as close as you get to a black hole how time changes and if you go into the black hole yeah. what happens and what are wormholes well it's and... interesting you know gravity see gravity affects uh you know time and space are woven together they're essentially like a fabric the same thing right so dense objects like planets and such that have gravity or that have density and mass uh, put like a dent in that time right. space. Right. So that's what, you know, gravity is not some mysterious force that we don't understand. Gravity is the same force that you feel when you're accelerating. Like if you were to get into a jet and it propels itself forward at a fast speed, you're going to feel you're stuck to the seat now, right? You can't lift, you can't lunge forward because you're being forced backwards by your acceleration. That's the same exact thing and force that's holding us onto the earth. Well, it's also like so the weird not... thing was like, okay, you could be driving down the road doing 100 miles an hour. So outside of this vehicle, everything's moving at 100 miles an hour. But inside, you could take a baseball and just toss it up in the air, and it just goes straight up and comes straight down. You know what I mean? So right. it's like yeah. force and resistance and speed and all these really – it's just it's very fascinating to think of stuff like that. So if you throw the it ball really out is. the air, is it going 100 miles an hour now? You know what I mean? It's not. It flies out and hits the ground at a different speed, but it doesn't because it doesn't automatically like you can't just throw the ball out the window and put a radar gun on it and it be going 100 miles an hour because your car is. You know what I mean? It's right. it's this weird right. stuff like and just that. like this whole thing blows your mind too. If you're driving at 100 miles per hour and someone else is driving at 100 miles per hour towards you and you collide, right. that's no different than hitting a brick wall. Right. Those two forces don't add up. You're you're essentially stopping, but it's hard to imagine that there's no difference in that. There, it's not a worse crash if, if someone else is speeding towards you and you hit them. Right. It's no different than hitting a solid object like a brick wall. So all, all that stuff I've always ever since I was a kid, I've always loved outer space. I've always loved black holes. Yeah. All that stuff is just so fun to ponder and think about. And when they throw it into some uh, movies and and fiction and franchises like this are just one of my favorite uh, stories to tell. This time travel and all this cool space stuff. So there is one other version of time travel I didn't really bring up because I don't think it's used very often. But that's like the whole wormhole thing. Right. And that is where there's like a black hole. I think the new Star Trek movie did that. And that's why there were two Spocks. They went through some kind of wormhole. 
and that's how they time traveled. You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking first... about, right. And um, yeah. Yes, I do. I don't remember the specifics. I, of I've only watched the movie once. But... I remember liking it, but it just wasn't yeah. something I watched multiple times. So Yeah. But it's the whole idea that when you have a black hole, there's a lot that we don't understand about them as well. Right. Essentially, you have this object that is so dense that light can't even es- escape it. Um, and it's it's essentially bending time so drastically and, and time and space so drastically that time essentially is standing still in the center of the black hole. And they don't even, again, know fully what's going on. But the, the concept of the wormhole is if there's another black hole close by, they those those two dips in time and space can kind of connect. And then you'd be able to jump through. Right like time via that wormhole, as they say. But of course, if a human being went in that, it would die because it would be crushed to oblivion. But but if you had something around you that would be able to counteract that, you'd be able to time travel. Right, there's another... And that's where you get the fiction... Right, the the the, the MacGuffin, whatever. Whatever makes it work, right? Yeah, um, right. <laughs> so there's right. also another thing, like with light speed, um, whenever you're able to get that amount of force, it bends space. So essentially, it's think of it as like a piece of paper. Like you're at one end of the paper, and instead of going straight across to the other side, you bend the paper to you, and you just jump off. So you're able to go right in right. Uh, in future right. that way. That's the other thing that really messes with me to think about. Um, we're able to look in the past with a telescope, right? You get a power yes. a powerful yes. enough telescope that you could look into a particular spot in space that's the past not our particular our past but time's past you know what i mean well all all the stars that we're looking at it takes so long for that light to reach us they could all be burnt out at this point right (laughs) right yeah well different distances there'll be different times involved. but yeah essentially we're looking into the past yeah but it's all millions and millions and millions of miles away we don't even count them in miles it's by years Exactly, light years. It's right. so far away, you don't. You, there's not even a number. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like one of those weird mathematic. You know when you you try to mess with the calculator too much and then it clicks that little weird error button on you. You're like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> it's essentially what it is. It's like, no, it's just it's exactly. light years, buddy. Well, I actually know a guy that knows quite a bit about time travel. Uh, he got he got stuck in an inter interdimensional time warp or something, and he's actually currently, as we speak. Still stuck in the eighties. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really yeah. worried about him because uh, I talked to him. I... <laughs> Somehow he was able to uh, come into my television one day, scared the crap out of me. I really <laughs> didn't know what to say or do. I showed him my toy and he left, and I haven't seen him since. So I haven't heard from him in a while, but maybe maybe he'll pop his head up one day. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll have a future episodes of of uh, at what was it at. Nine ninety eighty and uh, the adventures of Duke Lost in Space. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been thinking about that actually a lot lately. I love that um, series, man. It, it, was, it was so fun. For those who don't know, it's a series I did on my YouTube channel, Stuck in the Eighties. And obviously, since I've just expressed today that I love science fiction and time travel and space, I made a little YouTube show of me getting sucked back into the 80s and i have a little robot friend well uh, you you were working on your atari, atari and it, 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 some yep. sort of accident some happened. high c spilt on it yeah. and i got sucked that was into a the great time concept vortex, whatever man. i called it 
One day, during an attempt to modify an Atari 2600, a freak accident caused a tear in the space-time continuum. Now, stuck in a partially collapsed infinite temporal loop, Duke is trying to repair the torn time fragments and get back to the present. Trapped within the Atari and accompanying him on his mission, the disembodied spirit of the 1980s, 9TAT, is helping Duke relive his childhood memories to repair the fractured timeline. If Duke cannot remember the key elements that shaped his childhood and escaped the temporal loop, then the 1980s will never have existed. I really, but I had a lot of fun with it. I was really and, hoping um, that, you know, like Spielberg or one of these guys would option that movie. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That would like, be cool. You tell me, you tell me that wouldn't be just as good as some of the other stuff. Hey, back to uh, one more thing. I just wanted to say a couple more things. I don't know if we're wrapping it up yet. X-Men uh -huh. um, Days of Future Past was a really good time travel movie, in my opinion. I, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Right. But there yeah. was a great X-Men arc, um, which was called Days of Futures Past. Uh, in the cartoon, and it had uh, oh, okay. it had a guy from the future. Um, uh, I wrote it down because I knew I was going to forget the one guy's name. His name was well, one of them was Cable, and the other one was Bishop. Right. So again, this is this thing. They're the future's jacked up. They're coming into the past. It, it borrows a little from Terminator. It's this really great arc. If you want to check it out, it's on Disney Plus. I mean, even if you don't want to watch the whole series, just watch those, and it's really cool. I like it a lot. And cool. Um, when the arc is finally done, it has Apocalypse in it. It's just really cool, man. Apocalypse was my favorite villain from uh, the animated series. I really somehow cool. him and Mister Sinister really resonated with me a lot. But I think that's a that's a really good story arc. Um, another, another movie looper. That was another good movie. It had Bruce Willis in it as well. Yeah. Didn't see that one yet. Time travel thing. He's supposed to come back. He has to kill himself or something. I don't know. Don't get it. Don't think too hard on it. Just check it out. Um, a movie <laughs> called the jacket. It's got the Adrian Brody in it. He was in a bunch of movies in the mid two thousands. That was one of them. Um, that was pretty good. Hmm. Even though you would probably hate it because the time travel mechanism was a straight jacket and I guess his mind. So that wouldn't be something, but I think oh. you might like it, but I don't know. Maybe not. Well, there's another one called Frequency, where a guy is... Frequency. He gets his dad, like his his dad in the future passed away. He's going through his things. He starts messing around with his dad's ham radio, and there's a storm or something. I don't know. Something happened, and he's able to talk to his dad in the, in the past and able to yeah. kind of right a wrong that happened in the past, and um, it's good. I th it's good. I like it. I mean, uh, you know, you might be able to pick some holes in it because I know you like to do that, Duke, but I think it's a good movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, man. It's a good movie. I'm sorry. I know you're bitter I'm about not. it. No, I know you're excited. I, I I, listen, you I like were it so a lot. Excited. But I, no, I wanted you to like know, it, but I, I was okay. I'm watching it, and I'm like, I'm going to have to tell Chris the honest truth. I want I the don't. honest truth. I'm it's not, okay. <laughs> I'm not liking this movie. That's all right, man. And, you know, here's just while while we're bringing that topic back up because it's kind of fun to talk Go about. Go ahead. The love, I I didn't the love thing was so shallow to me because it wasn't there was no deep. He just became obsessed with her picture, and then in a very uncomfortable way, like forced himself on her. And next thing you know, that's that's what they're calling the love story. And I was like, oh, that it really turned me off. Well, I see what you're saying, but okay, from her perspective. 
she had been this woman who had been kind of controlled by her manager. She was an actress and she never experienced anybody like him. So from his perspective, she came to him as a, okay, let's just get into it. It's an old movie. Yeah. Yeah. She comes to him. He's, he's a successful man in the future and he's at a party. It's, I think it's his birthday party or some sort of party to celebrate him. Out of nowhere, this elderly lady comes up to him, sticks something in his hand and tells him, come mm-hmm. back to me. And it makes like a big scene yes. at this party. And as she turns around and walks away, he opens his hand and it's an old pocket watch. And he doesn't understand what it means. So he starts to kind of dig into this person, who she is, a little bit of her background, whatever. And then he starts to realize that he went back in time. He doesn't know how. So he starts to kind of research on how to go back in time. And then he figures it out. So in his mind, I don't think he's trying to force anything. He thinks it's destiny, that they're destined to be be together. She came and told him, come back to me. He has proof that he was already there. His, his signature was in the ledger book. So he was able to see that because he was able to go back to this hotel. And they had the old ledger. He looked in it, saw his signature. He knew he went back in the time. And... um. So he went back in time and he went back there. He tried to court her and initially she was resistant. And there was the manager who was, you know, not really feeling the vibe because he was thinking this guy was another manager trying to steal his talent. He didn't think of it as, and he had a thing for her too, a creepy thing because he was an older guy. Um, So it was like a forbidden love. And eventually he charmed her and they fell in love and they had this big moment and then it got ruined because he messed up the fantasy in his mind and remembered that he was from the future. Because yeah, he pulled out that 1970 some penny out of his pocket. Well, I wasn't going to say it, but fine. Oh. You're right. He, he, when he took it, that's fine. Pocket, let's just do it. <laughs> he took everything out of the room, everything. Cause he couldn't get back in time and he didn't. So he took everything out, the TV, anything electronic. Yes. He ripped everything yes. out of this room. So he was in a room that just had a bed, yes. right? And he laid in the bed in his old-timey suit, and he kept repeating to himself the date, where he was, who he was, the date, blah, 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 blah. Finally, he was able to convince himself or astral project or whatever to go back in the past. He finally bedded, courted this lady. They made love. They loved each other. They were in love. She was going to leave the manager the next day. They were going to go off and be happy together in the past. And... Um, he puts on the suit and she goes, well, the first thing we're going to do is get rid of this, that ridiculous suit. And he goes, you don't like this suit? Like he didn't realize his suit was weird. (laughs) He thought it looked good. And he's like, no, look, it's got, even it's got this little fancy pocket and he sticks his finger in the pocket and he ends up pulling out the penny from the future. And when he saw it, it messed up the illusion and it sucked him back to the past. I did like that scene. That was kind of a cool scene where you see her kind of drawing back and uh, like screaming his name. That, right. That He's was kind of cool sucked scene. through time. Right. I give it that. Yeah. I I dug it, man. I, even explaining it now, I feel like well, it's a I, good I just movie. think for me, it's good. I, I really think it, to me, it didn't age well. I think you're hang up on the time uh, travel, how he did it. I uh, think that's, that's your big part hang of up. It, but I, I, you didn't like his acting? You saying Christopher uh, Reeves? I will, a good I will actor? say that. Not, not. In this film, he, he did not, in my opinion, do a very good job acting. I think it was probably more the director, though. I don't think it was him. I think it wasn't directed very well. Because um, I know he has a lot better potential. 
because uh, I really like Christopher Christopher Reeve a lot. He's a good actor. But I, yeah. I really think mainly overall, think so. it just doesn't age well. I, the way he was treating her was very uncomfortable. He grabbing her arm and, and like forcing her in the conversation. I, I, I understand. I, I can kind of understand what you say. Some things could be a little dated. Um, I just think it was just this urgency on his part that he felt like once they met, it would be love at first sight. And, and there was also a time restraint. She yeah. was going to leave. Yeah, I get it. I get it. She, she was in a, a traveling, um, a traveling, uh, a party or, or with a, a, the cast. They, they were going from town to town doing their play and they were going to leave. And just, so he knew if she left, uh, he wasn't going to be able to see her. Like it was like, I don't know. He felt desperate. I mean, there was definitely some desperation. Not just the sure. storytelling, but just some of the film techniques they used didn't age well. For example, there were like three scenes that are very tropey where he is frantically banging on a door. Like he at one point he goes to that old guy's house that lives at the hotel. You know, he lives, he lives at a house. Right. It was in the middle of the night and he runs up to the house, starts pounding on the door. He runs over to the window, starts banging on the window and then runs back to the door, starts pounding on the door. Like who does it? And the guy just like kind of opens the door real slow. What's up? Can I help? I would have been like grabbing my gun and like, what, who's trying to break into my house? And that happened like three times. And I'm like, nobody acts like that. It was just a little too dramatic, I guess. But again, that's 70s filmmaking. It was something you would see quite often. Sure. But that kind of stuff just really stood out to me as not aging well. Well, you know what, though? There's a lot of these classics, though, when you go back. And I'm not trying to defend in this one. I'm just, uh, there are some things I've gone back and watched. And I thought, oh, that wasn't as fun as I remember. <laughs> like, that was a little yeah, cheesy. Yeah. Even like the first Superman, there's scenes oh, where sure, you're just like, sure. I don't know about that one. But, you know, whatever. It's just kind of a time I'm just capsule nitpicking too, to in that regard. Get your goat. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to nitpick. Uh, I'm going to watch uh -oh. that whole two or three seasons of Doctor Who. Okay. Whatever uh -oh. you've watched. And I'm going to tear it apart. <laughs> you wait. Next episode. Uh, I deserve that's it. it. That's fine. The gloves are off now. But... <laughs> Well, I know, I know you can handle it, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know if I can, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great, man. It's, it's you got good. much thicker skin than I do. No, I'm... But I'm anyway, good. I guess that's our... Uh, that's our... It's about time travel episode, so... That's it. Hey, and if you yeah. got any suggestions on on time movies that we missed or how bad yeah. Duke's... Yeah. You know, his picks were, go over to <laughs> Everyone our... go watch Somewhere in Time. And, yes. And we'll see who... Falls on whose side? I'm interested. Well, I did send a copy to Bandy, or I gave him one in person. I have one. I found another copy I'm going to send to Curtis. And I might even have another copy. I think I have a, a yet another copy. I do. I'm going to send to Bill. So we'll have four people's opinion. If you guys all say it sucked, right. then I guess it sucks. I don't know. Hey, it's just my opinion. And I'm, I'm thankful that I have it. Hey, I've got an 80s VHS tape with Christopher Reeve in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna cherish it. I appreciate the uh, you giving it to me. So I'm not trying to. You know, no, 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 no. I didn't take it that way. <laughs> I only, I. It was one of those things where I just wanted you to have it. So if we, if the subject came up, um, I mean, obviously, I thought you might like it, but um, I, I you know, it doesn't matter. Dude. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I watched it, and I'm glad we had this conversation because yes. I think it's kind of yes, absolutely. <laughs> so. Well, it's entertaining. Yeah, I've had had I know known that you were gonna pick Doctor Who. I would have read something on Wikipedia. So. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You did more than I would have done. I would not have watched many episodes of that. So, Well, I'm glad I got... I I, actually... I'm fascinated. Hearing you talk about it makes me actually want to watch 
whatever Good. you watched. <laughs> well, I'm I'm actually very. This is one of the reasons why this episode was a little untimely, if I may, because yeah. I <laughs> I really wanted to you know do my due diligence and watch uh, some of the movies that you sent me. So I watched all three of them. I watched Twelve Monkeys and Butterfly Effect. And I was really in the time travel uh, mode, and I'm glad that I was able to watch, uh, you know, somewhere in time as well. And I, I, I yeah, I rewatched all of them as well. On, well, I didn't watch Terminator. I've seen that so many times. I didn't need to rewatch it. Um, and I didn't rewatch Back to the Future, but I did rewatch Twelve Monkeys. I did rewatch Somewhere in Time, and I did rewatch um, the Butterfly Effect. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we didn't really talk about that one too much. Um, I, I, no, I mean, we can't really briefly. I mean, I, okay, let me let me tell you something that I don't know how you felt about the ending, but they have kind of like everything worked out kind of ending. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. on the DVD, uh, because honestly, I've never seen this ending. I saw this ending in the featurettes. I didn't see it actually as watching the movie on the DVD. They show, I must have watched a director's cut or something. Everything continued to get bad, and eventually he just went all the way back into his birth and prevented his conception. <laughs> so what? He, yes, he never existed. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. That is weird. Yeah. Like, because he kept running out of material, and he found uh, he found some his mom's journal or something. I don't know. I, I forget the specifics. I didn't rewatch that one. I watched the VHS, and I saw that ending, and I'm like... Yeah. I don't, I remember a tragic ending, and I was sitting there thinking about. It. I was like, "Yeah, he went back and like prevented his birth or something." Yeah. Wow. So I think he kept running well, out of material because that was one of the 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 problems. Is he had these journals? Something tragic happened yeah. in his childhood. He was reading these journals, and he didn't know initially, but he was able to, um, for whatever reason, because he's an intellectual person or something. They didn't really kind of explain it, but he's able to read these journals and it takes him back. His mind goes back to when he was whatever that age was. And now at that age, he's his future mind in his past body. Yes. And then he's able to change a decision because there was this there was these two or three big dramatic things that happened at a specific time that really affected not only his childhood, uh, the little love interest he had as a teenager, her brother and one of their friends and another lady, it affected all these people's childhood, childhoods. So he kept going back to change it. And every time he would go back, the future would basically started good a little bit and then it was terrible or it started terrible and it was just never got better. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, well, was, he fixed some things, made other things worse. Other things worse, but- right. Yeah, hence the butterfly. Every little thing that happened, it, yes. it, it um, it changed things so dramatically that he wasn't expecting that. But yeah, it wasn't the greatest movie. Um, I, no, I don't care it wasn't the greatest. Kutcher, right? There was some really cheesy stuff. Um, I, I'm really obviously very uncomfortable with the the child molestation stuff. Um, I, I knew that would I, bug you, and I was gonna prep. You yeah, that, that really bugged me. And also, like the guy is so cliche. Like, as soon as I saw that guy. This the way like his hair was. I was like, he's gonna be like a child blaster. His hair's all hanging in his front of, and like the whole like trope of him taking the football. Come on, let's go play catch, buddy. And he like pushes into his. Yeah, but that's Eric Schultz, man. I like him. He's a good actor, though. Who is it? That's Eric Schultz. That's the guy in the mask. Uh, In the mask. You know the movie The Mask about Rocky Dennis, the kid that's got that warped up head. He was also going to okay. I, I, tie it even back Warped further. <laughs> he was going to be the original Marty McFly. They actually filmed it with him. 
And then they didn't like what they were seeing, so they recast. He was the original Marty McFly. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, when they just as soon as they showed him, it was just kind of a, a very cliche version of a. Well, guy. come on! This was the mid two thousands. The guy with the warped up head. That is, that's a funny way to describe the guy from Mask. The guy with well, the warped up head. Okay, he had a deformity. He had a disease, <laughs> oh, a brain funny. disease, facial disease. It, yeah, know. that was a good movie. Yeah. I love that movie. I would do yeah, a whole podcast on that movie. It was good. But um, I mean, here's what I'll say: what it had going for it is, I like Amy Smart a lot. Everything she's in, I like her. She's like in. She's the girl in like uh, Just Friends, that comedy with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's in a whole ton of movies from that era. Yeah. Um, and I really like her a lot. She's she's charming and she's a very good actress. And some of her scenes were were re- very good, I thought. But um. Aside from that, it didn't do anything else for me. It was kind well, of, I like the know. big guy. He's in a couple of movies I like, specifically American History X, which is isn't for everybody, but it's um it's a early Edward Norton film that yeah it was his directorial is, yeah. debut. Um, I really like that movie. You know, the content's a little. Well, I heavy. instantly recognized him as Froggy from Daredevil. That, uh, I was like, oh, that's a guy from Daredevil, Froggy. So, no, yeah, no, no, no. I'm cool. talking about the big guy, the real big guy with the weird, the punk rock looking <gasps> oh, guy, oh, oh, the, the big... Marilyn Manson okay. looking dude. He's oh, in American him, History man. X. He's also, <sighs> I feel like he was one of those dudes in Power Rangers or he was maybe Parker Lewis can't lose. He was another guy who was from another show in the mid gotcha. to late nineties. But anyways, that big guy, he's been in a few, few things. And I just one of those actors that he's not a great actor. He's not in a lot of stuff, but um, I like him in a few. That things. was a funny scene in the bar where he's playing pool and those guys are making fun of him. He's got that yeah. weird hair sticking up everywhere, and he breaks the pool stick. <laughs> that was kind of a funny moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I think scene. the movie has some good elements. I know what you're saying. It's not a perfect movie, and rewatching it, um, it definitely has some of those things from that era of filmmaking that I don't think really kind of hold up. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't hate Austin Kusher to be honest. I didn't. I didn't think he was. No, the he worst wasn't part. terrible in this. I didn't movie. think he was the worst part of the movie. I actually thought his acting was probably better than anything else he's been in. I don't know. I can't say I'm a big uh, yeah. aficionado of him. I I know him from '70s show. I never watched him in the Three and a Half Men when he took over. I don't. He was on Punked. I don't know if that's really an acting role. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know what else he was in. He was in Dude, Where's My Car? Right. That wasn't yes, very big. Yes. That wasn't a big role. I don't really know what else he was in. Um, I didn't necessarily have a huge problem with him in this movie. I, I thought he was. was I thought he was the... fine. I, I just, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It, I like I said, it was very heavy, very heavy for sure. That... Another scene that was kind of cheesy was like when he goes back when um, that guy's filming them as kids, right? And he just essentially says, "Stop doing this." He's like, "Okay." You're okay. going to mess this all, girl up the rest of her life. And and he's just like, oh, my God, okay. But then had he left it where it was at that, everything might have been okay. But he's like, who you should focus on is your son. He's a piece of shit or whatever. Or, I'm sorry. Whatever he said about his son. and then <laughs> So then he ends up beating the, beating the heck out of his son his whole life. And then, yep. then his son becomes, yep. like, completely destroyed over it, you know? It was just kind of, you know, how he changed everything just because of a – 30 second rant from a kid it changed his whole you know approach to i don't know it's just that was kind of like well yeah that was weird why because it wasn't like uh 
it doesn't matter. We're getting in the weeds here. I know what you're saying. You're right. It, <laughs> it, it was a weird, weird plot thing. I think he could have done something else, like called the cops or something. Would have been right. Something would, more pivotal, would have made but... more sense. Yeah. Anyway, that's. I guess we've exhausted all of our time travel talk, but uh, I had a good time talking about it. It's a topic I like to talk about. Um, and again, um, so much so that I made a YouTube series. Go check that out. Stuck in the '80s on my retro nonsense YouTube channel. Maybe one day you'll see another episode of that. I don't know, but maybe. The time time will tell. <laughs> now, are you in the past, or are you in an alternate past? Or are you in a wormhole hmm. thing? I'm stuck in a, what did I call it? Uh, time anomaly. Inter, no? Interdimensional time anomaly. I just threw a bunch of words in there. Right. But you, it's, you, you it's did like some a, Googling, because it sounds like some Star Trek stuff. Now, stuck in a partially collapsed infinite temporal loop. I fractured something in time, and I'm yeah. stuck there. That's all I know. Well, that so. that that electro cooler stuff. What was it? High C. Electro cooler. Definitely stuff. Don't ever get that anywhere near any of your electronics. All I know is if I don't remember everything from the '80s, the '80s will never have existed. So yes. it's crucial that. Duke well, there's gets still a lot of, of stuff the from the '80s. I mean, hence maybe a VCR episode. I mean. Oh my gosh! Now we're talking. Come on. Remember VCRs? Yeah. Remember VCRs? Remember VHS oh tapes? Come on. Remember rental stores? Let's do this. Get it get it going. You know some uh, people. I got to get the green screen out again, I can Chris. see a bunch of cameos now. Four or five cameos <laughs> yeah, going here. Course. We got all kinds of people. We can make it an ensemble cast. We can get a real actor in here, Curtis. That's right. Yeah, come on. Oh, let's man, do Tara's this. Tara's going to kill know. me if we get back into that. That was so time-consuming. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, that's it. That's our show. Um, I want to remind you guys again to check out our Discord because that's where we'll continue this discussion and put up some pictures and put our scores up for our Wrecking Crew Beat the Bandy Challenge this month and uh, kind of enhance the show. So feel free to check it out. And uh, we haven't uh, come up with a next episode yet, but I'm sure it'll be something that we both enjoy. And maybe you oh, guys yeah. will too. I think we got so. a few ideas in the... Yeah, we got we got some discussions that we've been uh, having about some future episodes, so they're all going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to them, and hopefully you are too. And with that, we will see you next time. Yeah, people don't understand time. It's not what you think it is. Then what is it? Complicated. Tell me. Very complicated. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. <laughs>